I'm Scott Hansen with NFL Red Zone, and you are listening to the Gridiron Gentlemen. Welcome to a very special Gridiron Gentleman podcast. Currently, it's just me. The rest of the gents are screwed away in the draft room, prepping their big boards. And uh, James brought some very smelly snacks, so I needed to get out, really, and record this podcast. Uh, yeah, just me recording it, but I will be talking to uh, a number of people who got involved in the gents' mock draft, which is what we're going to go through here and now. So, we've spoken to a few people about their picks. We're going to be speaking to Jeff Bauer, who comes, who picked in the mock draft and is also coming live from Las Vegas. Um, very interesting interview a bit later on about uh, the draft itself, uh, where we think the Cowboys are going to go, where we think the Jets are going to go, and where he went with the Buffalo Bills in our mock draft. We're going to go through all 32 picks here, and you have to bear with me, there'll probably be some mistakes, because I think it's the first podcast where I've done where it's almost entirely on my own, obviously apart from the people I'm about to speak to. But the intertwining bits are just me, so bear with me, it's been a long week already. Um, let's get straight to it then, with the number one pick in the gridiron gentleman mock draft off the fly already uh, it was ollie hodgkinson from pro football network if you haven't checked out his stuff on pro football network go do it right now he is incredible uh, he's covered most of the players in the draft this year if you want to know anything about any players uh, ollie's probably the person to speak to especially punters he loves seems to love punters and kickers um to the point where when i when i've been doing my draft research the amount of times i've looked at pro football network and i've seen that ollie hodgkinson has been the person that's actually written what i'm reading uh it is staggering uh so go check him out on twitter it's at oj hodgkinson um and um yeah he's he's well worth a follow anyway so his pick for the jacksonville jaguars was trayvon walker and i think i can safely say that this happened prior to the buzz becoming real about the possibility that he could go number one now it's also worth mentioning that he made the pick as what he thought the Jags were going to do rather than what he would necessarily do himself. I think he seemed to think this was a bit of a mistake. And if you look at his top five edge rushes list, uh, Trayvon Walker wasn't number one on this list. Um, however, uh, he, he was way ahead of his time, it feels like, or at least he was he's reading the room, it seems to be. Um, and Trayvon Walker is now looking like the consensus number one, if you believe what Vegas is saying. And when it comes to this stuff, they are rarely wrong they seem to know what they're talking about so Draymond Walker going number one to the Jags seems like a reality now I don't necessarily get it myself Ollie didn't necessarily get it from what I understand from what he was talking about however this seems to be what is going to happen so number two it's the master of discord the person who runs our discord uh, and without him wouldn't even exist and I have to thank him immensely because he is a wonderful wonderful human being it's Mr. Bass for Bake um he uh if you want to catch up with him it's Ferglin on twitter and for and well he just find him on the discord uh he was picking for the detroit lions and with a number two overall pick he picked aiden hutchinson and here he is explaining that pick right now joining us right now then we'll get we'll get into this uh the man who without his existence I think that's a nice way of putting it. Uh, we wouldn't have the mock draft on Discord because we probably wouldn't have a Discord. And the Discord is entirely down to him saying, set up a Discord and then running with it and doing something with it. We're joined by Bass for Bake. Hello. Berglin on Discord. How's it going, man? Ah, very well. Good. So you helped us out with the mock draft, not only by setting up the, the channel for it, which has been a massive help to me. 
um if i've edited out the the rant that i just went on um i can't i can't honestly pass i can't thank you enough because without that then i would have probably uh, gone more insane so um yeah, thank you for that thank you for the discord yeah. thank you for for um welcoming everyone in as well yeah um and we've had a few more people join because of the mock draft Which um, was good so and also, thank you for taking part in the mock draft as well. Which yeah, is my favourite time of the year, very much. Uh, uh, we, uh, you know what, I, it, you know, you know when people say seeing the smiles and all the kids makes it worth yeah. it, right? I've had several people tell me that this is one of their favourite things they do related to the NFL every year, and that has genuinely made it worth it. And I always feel a bit bad now because, like usually it's like look how professional this looks because simon puts a ton of effort into making it look professional i do not have anything near that kind of skill so um so so i've just put up uh their picks with a nice picture of the person that they're drafting so uh <laughs> instead of the uniform on uh i'm so jealous simon simon's simon's very talented when it comes to this stuff so yeah so yeah um anyway i'm going to try not to keep you too long simply because otherwise this is going to be a six-hour podcast because i've got it through like loads of people doing similar things so yeah. uh, so firstly how did you find the mock draft let's let's ask the relatively uniform questions um yeah it's more yeah the general draft in general it's it's a weird one for me i, I feel like i i had a pick with the lines at the top and at the bottom mm. and the top was hard this time it feels like the sweet spot is between like anywhere from 10 like right the way through to the mid twenties. Yeah, yeah. Last few years, the first five picks or something were pretty much spending, and now I have no idea what's going what's going to happen. Yeah, me me neither. So the fact that like we're already looking at the, that Trayvon Walker is now odds on favorite to go number one to the Jags yeah. with the number one pick, which I mean it, it was nailed on that Aiden Hutchinson was going to go number one to the point where we've even got a documentary on PFF about Aiden Hutchinson because they were convinced he was going to go number one. And it's looking like the Jags genuinely might go for uh, Trayvon Walker. And that's what happened in this draft as well. So I should probably announce who you actually picked for. That would probably help things. Um, you were picking for the Lions at number yeah. two and number 32. Yeah, I picked uh, at, at the second spot, I picked Aiden Hutchinson Yeah, for the Lions. Because Trayvon Walker went number one to the Jags. Yeah. If 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 Aiden Hutchinson would have gone, who would you have picked at number two? Uh, Thibodeau. Thibodeau. So you were going. You're all in on edge then for this one. Yeah. 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 Uh, if you're going this high for a defense player, edge oh. is just most value. Oh. And I think the, especially with Hutchinson and Thibodeau, I think the ceiling is some of the highest of general players in the draft. So. Yeah. Sorry, I was just checking. You know, I said I spilled water. I, there's a, I didn't even realize I met my parents, basically. I didn't even realize there is a shredder directly below me. I was making sure it wasn't plugged in. Um, so, <laughs> so, yeah. So, Thibodeau would be would be your pick anyway. I I, I really like Thibodeau. I think Thibodeau yeah. is very, very good. So, I, I could definitely yeah, see that. Uh, uh, with Thibodeau, it was for me, the all, everything, the negative you hear is his motivation. Yeah. I was speaking for the Lions, and I think if something Dan Campbell can do is motivate people. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a really good point. That that he's probably the right guy to to actually yeah. talk Thibodeau do, through. Yeah. Talk Thibodeau through. That's a difficult thing to say. Um, but that that was basing on the fact that Hutchinson wouldn't be there. And, yeah, yeah. Hutchinson for me still feels like the complete package. Like I know there's yeah. a lot. 
to put it into perspective, someone said that they were, I think, five foot eleven, and he's six foot seven, and the five foot eleven person had longer arms than him. Like, so the big concern is the arm length. I'm personally not that concerned about it because I've seen what he can do, so it doesn't really bug me that yeah, much. Yeah, uh, for example, yeah, exactly. The film explains itself mostly, so mm. yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and for me, why I went uh, with Hutchinson over Thibodeau was, mm. yeah, I think with Thibodeau the ceiling might be a bit higher, yeah, but the floor is also lower. I think. Yeah, I do as well, and I think with Aiden Hutchinson, you're what you're guaranteeing is someone that's some stability for yeah. the Lions which is something they desperately need. Like, he, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, exactly. And I think he can, he gets up to be the leader of the future of that yeah. franchise in the defense. So. They, they've got history with that as well. Like the Penne Sewell pick is, is a stable pick. Yeah. Stable trenches pick as well. So I, I can definitely see that. Right. So what we're going to do then the next couple of years, we're going to sort out our offensive and defensive line and then work around that. Uh, and then when a quarterback comes up that we like, we're yeah. going to bring them in to be behind a stable offensive line. Um, and then when we can surround the defensive line with talent as well, I, I, that's, that's how I can see it definitely going. Um, uh, no, you exactly. weren't tempted by any of the cornerbacks then? Uh, a bit, but not that much. Mm. I, 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 my eyes on edge pretty much because I knew it would be for me. I had the option of either Hutchinson or Thibodeau. Yeah. Always. So I pretty much focused on them. Yeah, right from yeah. The start. makes makes perfect sense to me. And Definitely. Yeah, and for me, yeah, the, ex, the little thing for Hutch, which pushed Hutchinson really over the edge for me, was he's local. Mm. Yeah, he went to he went to school in Michigan. He's from Ann Arbor, which is just down the road. So yeah, we you know it it helps him in his stability for his entire life. As wasn't well, so. wasn't the only pick we had like that. Um, we had a certain quarterback go to where that, that'll give it away actually, but yeah, I've, I've gone too far now. We had a certain quarterback who ended up uh, in the same place that he played college as well, yeah. which, which will give it away. Right at number three for the gridiron gentleman mock draft is Mr. Tim Brown. Tim is a long time listener, uh, discord con- contributor and podcast contributor, as well as lodger in our basement dwellings. Um, so thank you very much, Tim, and thank you very much for picking the mock draft. Uh, with Tim's first pick for the Houston Texans, Tim picks Ahmad Sauce Gardner, um, which is, I think, is a great pick for the Texans, although really there are no bad picks as long as they pick a good player, and Sauce Gardner is definitely that. So here is Tim leaving his little voice note explaining why he picked Sauce Gardner. So with the third pick... In the 2022 NFL Draft, the Texans have taken Ahmad Sauce Gardner, cornerback from Cincinnati. Um, So, why Sauce? Well, to be honest, as far as the Texans are concerned, it would be difficult to mess this pick up when you've got as many holes in the roster as they have. The obvious picks are tackle, edge, maybe. Uh, some people say quarterback, but I think they're going to go with Davis Mills, who showed enough that at least he deserves a chance. So maybe the obvious pick then is someone to bookend Laramie Tunsil and, and protect him. But I just think there's always a lot of depth at the lineman in the draft, and this one's no exception. 
um, even though the Premier tackles are still on the board. I think with Lovey Smith at coach, a defensive-minded coach, I just think he'll see Sauce as too good to pass up. Edge is a possibility, Kayvon Thibodeau's still there. And I think maybe if Trayvon Walker had still been on the board, this would have been a difficult pick. But for me, I just can't see Lovey going past a true lockdown corner. I mean, this kid gave up no touchdowns in college, which is ridiculous. Um, Okay, they didn't throw to him uh, maybe as often as they might have done if he'd had a if he'd have had a decent corner on the opposite side, but let's not get away from that. He is, he's got all the physical tools, just under 6'3", 6'2", 190 pounds. He's physically as good um, a set of tangibles as you could hope for. He had a fantastic combine. He's quick. He's a decent tackler. He's not brilliant, but he's decent. It just is... Um, his ability to read the play is fantastic and to jump on the ball and he can also get physical with the biggest receivers he is I guess um, an unusual rare blend of physical skills and ball skills and with a defensive minded coach I just can't see the Texans uh turning down the chance to pick him. Um, you know, let's face it, they're not in win-now mode. They're not going to be in win winning mode for, for some time. So I think their best way forward is to pick guys who can make an impact long-term. And he is going to be a fantastic NFL corner for many years. And on that basis, uh, we pull the trigger and take Ahmad Source Gardner. Thanks for that, Tim, and thank you for your continued support. It means an awful lot to us. Uh, if you want to follow Tim, he's at Forest Timbo on the Twitter. We are moving on now to the number four pick, which was Stuart Taylor from the 99 Yards podcast. He's one of part of their Draft Talk team. Check that out as well. It's another excellent podcast. You might hear their name come up a few times because we had a few of those guys on this pod as well. Uh, and if you want to follow him specifically, it's at Stewie17, uh, at S-T-U-I-E-17. Anyway, he selected Evan Neal, offensive tackle from Alabama for the Jets. Uh, he has written here... Uh, the choice came down to edge rusher versus offensive lineman. Given the depth later of edge rusher and the Jets having early pick, early day two picks, Neil is the choice here. After the top three tackles for me, the quality drops off considerably. This year needs to be about maximising Zach Wilson. Neil offers upside as a tackle, versatility across the offensive line and a winning mentality. I completely agree. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense for me. I love this pick personally. Um, uh, I think Evan Neal, I'm with James on the Evan Neal. Uh, thing which is that that he he should probably be the number one pick because you should be c- probably concentrating on trying to protect uh, your most valuable commodity, which is Trevor Lawrence. So love this pick for the the Jets who are in a similar boat with Zach Wilson, and uh, yeah, I think that's the correct move. Next up is MJ at forty seven yards on Twitter. He's another one part of the draft talk con- 
is a draft talk contributor for 99 yards podcast so go check that out again they're doing some excellent work on the draft they've done a ton of mock drafts ton of work uh, and well worth a listen as well so go check them out uh he picked for the new york giants with their first pick and the fifth pick in the of the gents mock draft uh ikem or iki ikonwu uh from nc state uh, the board has fallen really well here for the Giants. Their first need is another quality offensive lineman. I think the number one target would be Okonwu from NC State. A dominant mauler who has a versatility to pick inside to guard if needed. Kick inside to guard if needed. Good Lord. Particularly dominant in the run game, Okonwu could help revitalise Saquon Barkley. And that is desperately needed, really. Uh, so, yeah, great pick. The Giants desperately need help on the offensive line there are specific needs for the giants and that is probably a standout one um they need to see what they've got in their quarterback this year and that is going to go a long way to doing that so yeah great pick i love a combo as well one of my favorite offensive linemen in the draft next up sixth pick in the gents mock draft it's roger grace um he is a panthers fan and he didn't disappoint with his pick here i think you can roughly guess where he's going panthers desperately need a quarterback um and he didn't disappoint here as well uh roger grace picked malik willis quarterback from liberty Panthers have found themselves uh through egregious trades but not being quite as dysfunctional as a few other franchises in a draft no man's land they don't have the wedge to move up the board they probably don't have the dance partners to trade back as there isn't really a tantalizing can't miss prospect so after a brief conversation with matt rule i've let him have the one player who might save his bacon being beyond this season charles cross was certainly considered a premier left tackle has been overlooked by the panthers for over a decade and it shows Everyone behind centre last year looked diabolical and Cross would certainly help alleviate that if slotted on the left side of the line. But I like Matt and more so I like the Carolina fans, Carolina Panthers fans. I like the Carolina Panthers fans. Uh, the stadium needs something to cheer cheer other than a new big man helping Darnold to his feet after another spellbinding interception. Carolina needs a sexy new direction. They need an arm, legs and a face. What I'm talking about, I'm talking about Willis. Um what am i talking about i'm talking i am talking about willis good lord i butchered that and i do apologize roger panthers have an, uh, on paper an offense primed to explode if they can just get the ball to uh more anderson and cmc there is the possibility that an improving defense might not need keep teams in single figures to win games malik willis has a good chance as any of being the malign quarterback to succeed any of these malign quarterbacks to succeed in carolina i completely agree i think um You've got to take the risk on quarterback. Now, I'm sure he's probably a bit like me in the sense that if he can move back, if the Panthers can move back, I'm sure they probably will. But moving back, as we've discussed a million times, uh, is going to be really, really difficult this year if you're in the top 10. So as much as they'd like to move back, whether they actually can will be a completely different matter. So if you're stuck with the number six pick, which I think they might be, and they need a quarterback, and they're not going to go the Baker Mayfield route, and this draft was entirely... Uh, perceived to be without um, outside sources happening or outside uh, factors affecting the pick, then you've got to go for the quarterback. And if you believe Malik Willis is the best quarterback in the draft, if you believe Malik Willis has the tools to become the best quarterback in the draft, which some people definitely do, and some people are a lot higher on him than maybe I am, to be fair, then then I think you, you've got to take him. I, I love the pick personally because I think this is the need. If you're not taking a quarterback through free agency then you've got to get one in the draft if you want to follow roger is autodidactyl on uh twitter so go give him a follow seventh pick then it's the giants back up it's mj at 47 yards once again go follow 99 yards what they've been doing uh, particularly in the draft has been astounding really really good work he's back up and 
I, I'd imagine you can't believe his luck in the sense that Kayvon Thibodeau has fallen this far. Uh, forget the stories about a lack of commitment to the game. Thibodeau is a legit top prospect at the position. Uses lightning first step. He is a heat-seeking missile and pass rusher. The Giants can't believe their luck. I'm 100% on board with this. I am... I think Aiden Hutchinson just pips out Thibodeau as the number one pick. If I was to pick an edge rusher first, my number one edge rusher in the draft, probably an easy way of saying that. However, Kayvon Thibodeau, I think, offers the prospect of something truly special. Uh, and if you can get him at like number seven in a draft where there is just an endless stream of players that, that could do that, you're rolling the dice more often this year with a potential astounding player. Um, then I think Thibodeau is the way to go. So I love this pick. pick. Number eight then. Good Lord. The Atlanta Falcons even. This was picked by Johnny at Cumbleton on Twitter. Once again, he's been doing some great, great work for 99 yards. So go check him out. Uh, he picked up Carl Hamilton, safety from Notre Dame. On a team that is lacking in playmaker, quarterback is a distinct possibility. But I'll give the Falcons a huge playmaker with versatile skills that they can build around on defense. Carl Hamilton's one of my favorite players. Um, in the draft now where it all comes down for me is where you see him whether he can compete at his size at that position in the nfl and whether you want to draft a safety in the top 10 personally i'm fine with all of these things and i love carl hamilton he is a heat-seeking missile to the ball um, and it just just an astounding player um, i don't think his size worries me too much just means that you are working out exactly what you can do with him drastically alters what you can do with your defense so he is a centerpiece player i think right next up is the ninth overall pick and it's the seattle seahawks which means it has to be phil knuckles uh, he selected charles cross uh, and here is his explanation for why he did so enjoy uh so phil how you doing, buddy? Hi. Hey. Good. How are you, mate? I'm good. Yeah, getting through it. Getting through it. Uh, I'm looking forward to the draft starting. I'm not going to lie because uh, it's this has been a lot of work, <laughs> a lot of fun work. But I will have mentioned that um, probably about ten times by the time we got to to, to your pick, anyway. Uh, and you were picking yeah. for the Seattle Seahawks. I actually was this year. I'm yeah. so excited. Yes. We had a pick. You had a pick for starters. Yeah, that's always <laughs> always a win. Um, of course, we might not have it by the time it comes to draft day, but yeah. Why, why not? I don't know. We're <laughs> run by idiots. We'll throw it away for some other safety that's overrated. If you want. I... Yes. <laughs> more picks. Yeah, but there you go, more picks. That could happen. Yeah. That could. There you go. <laughs> yeah, what would happen? How would you feel about DK Metcalf going to another team? I'd be very, very angry. I can imagine. <laughs> I get the Russ wanting out and letting him go and getting the draft pick so we can sort of do a little bit of a rebuild, but throwing out everything with him is a terrible idea because it gives us like no starting point. I I, mean, I kind of agree, uh, especially considering they seem to have this mentality that they think they can win this year as well. Um, yeah. So, so I, I personally think that between now and the draft, we're going to see an incredibly low-stakes trading battle between the uh, Seahawks and the Panthers for Baker Mayfield. So I, I think everyone's waiting to see if they can get him for like a fifth or sixth rounder, basically. Yeah, yeah. I don't think if I don't think our first rounder is going to go on Baker. No, 
So, but I could imagine some of our lower picks going that way. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think I think at most third or fourth round. So yeah. yeah. But who knows? Who knows? The draft is going to be crazy because by the time this podcast comes out, Debo Samuel could be on another team. So, and it's looking like it might actually happen as well, which is crazy. The Jets have made an offer apparently that is pretty. Did generous. you see the video that came out of that nightclub? I think it was a nightclub. Hmm. Um, where he was there and there was somebody holding up a sign in the club saying, Debo, please stay at the 49ers. And you've got his, him and his face just going, no, not so much. No, uh, <laughs> awkward. I, I, I've oh. just spoken to someone in Vegas and he's he, from the people he's spoken to, he he's pretty convinced that if it's going to happen, it's going to happen in the next, well, probably less than 24 hours. So, which is <laughs> so, so who knows? It could all change in the in the next day or so because there's Kadarius Tony, DK Metcalf. There is there is some names being banded about Darren Waller as well. Obviously, to the Packers is one that's been mentioned a few times. Um, it's it's um it's an interesting situation, um, and we could we could have a crazy draft even before the draft actually takes place, which is going to be crazy in itself because no one knows who's going number one. Although. The general consensus seems to be that it is going to be Trayvon Walker, which is interesting. So, Seattle have Drew Locke as their starting quarterback at the moment. <laughs> and with the number eight pick, you decided not to go for... I mean, Malik Willis wasn't available. You decided not to go Kenny Pickett then. You went with Charles Cross. What made you go with that? Uh, so, the biggest weakness that the Seahawks have had over the last three four seasons easily um is our offensive line yeah you know uh, the reason russ wanted out was because he was fed up of being hit <laughs> yeah um, and the you know the fact that everything was lent on him his ability to just run away from everything yeah. rather than let's protect him better so that he doesn't have to do that <laughs> so yep with my first round pick i have gone for an offensive lineman mm. uh charles cross who is one of the highest rated offensive linemen mm. coming out this year. He's big, he's 6'5", 300 pounds. And whilst he looks a little bit leaner, he's quite aggressive. Yeah. With the he way he deals with good. people. Yeah. Um, and he's been, you know, in college he was in a pass-heavy offense. Mm. Very pass-heavy offense, yeah. The NFL is going more and more pass-heavy with each season, so... The fact that he's used to pass protection is excellent. That's what we want. Yeah, I think this is a great pickup. As you say, <laughs> this is a team that's going to want to pass an awful lot. And, yeah. and with a quarterback that doesn't have the best time to throw and isn't the most mobile at the moment, and even if that quarterback does suddenly look more like Baker Mayfield, then then you're still going to want someone <laughs> that's going to keep him upright anyway. I really hope he looks more like Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Um, I, um, I I love this pick because I think there are, I think, I think he's the cutoff point for the tackles. Before the next group's really good as well, but I think I think of uh, Conwu and um, uh, Evans, sorry Evan Neal, um, and um, and Charles Cross are like the top three, and then yeah. then I think it gets slightly more muddy after that. But, but very, very yeah, I mean the, the the mock drafts I was looking at across the but basically I was sort of those three as sort of the top three and it was yeah. just like well Evan Neal's probably gonna be gone. Yeah. 
<laughs> by the time he gets to me. So it's just like, right, well. okay. Yeah, and obviously, yeah, he was gone as well. But yeah, I just wanted someone experienced in pass heavy offense, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And he does seem to fit the bill. Yeah, no, I love it. That's excellent. Excellent pick. So, Phil, where can people uh, get hold of you? I already spoke to Will last night about when the reprobates are coming, getting back together. So, uh, yeah, the reprobates podcast. Next yeah. time we drop one of those, um, obviously on the Discord as well. Um, and I'm also on Twitter at KnucklesHeavy7. Nice. Thank you so much. Thank you Not very much, roommate. Josh. Thank you very much, Phil. Uh, I will add these to the of course. growing list of, uh, of recordings I've got now. And uh, I'll try and get it up by tomorrow morning. That was the number nine pick. Thank you very much, Phil, at Heavy Knuckles 17. Go follow him. Go, Heavy Knuckles 7, sorry, isn't it? It's my bad. Um, go follow him. Uh, he's a great guy. He's a great Seahawks fan. He's a bit ranty, but, you know, we're used to it now. Uh, and, as I say, he's well worth a follow if you like NFL uh, and the reprobates, one of the reprobates as well. And when they'll hopefully be releasing a podcast soon. I've spoken to them all about it now. Anyway, following on from that, we have the number 10 pick. We're back up with the Jets. It's Stuart Taylor again, uh, which is at Stewie Taylor 17 on Twitter. Once again, he contributes to the uh, 99 Yards podcast. Well worth a listen as well. Uh, he this time went for wide receiver Jameson Williams for Alabama. Forget the ACL injury. Williams is the real deal. Home run speed coupled with root running ability and excellent ball tracking skills means, for me, he is the top wide out in the draft. He will soon become Zach Wilson's best friend. Which means the Jets walk away with, from this one with just the, the absolute maximum way they can potentially protect Zach Wilson. They've taken uh, Evan Neal with a number four pick, which is just astounding in my eyes. I, th- I can't believe there is a possibility he's going to drop that far, but I genuinely think he might. Uh, and then they've also picked up Jameson Williams as well, um, who is, as he says, I, I agree with him, the best wide receiver in the draft. This is how the Jets get better on offense. Definitely the direction they need to take. Although I am certain that a certain Josh Hunter on this podcast would disagree. But I love these picks anyway. Uh, number 11 drafting for the Washington Commanders it's Jack Coy uh, you can follow him on Twitter at JackCoy91 uh, and he's also incredibly active on our Discord as well so come join the Discord, I'm going to say that about 40 times in this podcast but it's well worth it, I promise you it's a lot of fun, uh, he was drafting I say, for the Commanders, uh, uh, he picked Drake London, wide receiver USC and here is why he picked that person okay so, next up in the mock drafts it was Jack. Jack, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. How are you? I'm good, I'm good, yes. Uh, enjoyed the mock draft, it's been a lot of work, but I'll have mentioned that about 20 times by the time we get to this point anyway, so... Oh, no, it's, it's good, it's hard work, but good work. Yes, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so, you, you were picking for the Washington Commanders. Are you a Washington Commanders fan? Uh, for my sins, I am, yes. <laughs> I mean, it could it could yeah. be worse. You could be Washington Commanders owners. That 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 would oh, be worse oh. in this situation. But uh... yeah, I don't think there's a worse state at the moment than that. But no. yeah, it was a uh, it. I took my my dad supported two teams. It was either the Seahawks or the Commanders. Yes, yeah. and that was in about 2008. And I definitely made the wrong choice. So <laughs> you, you say that, but you you never know. Like it's 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 at least looking like it's heading in the right direction so that's yeah so that's good there's some building blocks there which yeah. is and i think ron rivera is if anyone can kind of turn around a sinking ship a little bit i think he seems to be the kind of person to do so incredibly like brilliant well. culture changer best yeah. one there you go that's david by the way as well. david how's it going 
Pretty good, yep, yep. I'm uh, excited to uh, see just what absolute shenanigans go down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, this this draft in general is one of the more exciting drafts I can remember because we still don't actually know who's going to go number one. Yeah, it's the, it's one of the biggest mystery boxes we've ever had. Like some mm. people think it's 2013 bad, some really don't, and I think like it's it's a vintage cast for absolute units. Definitely. <laughs> mm, that's very I think it's just one of those of I think every mock draft in the world will be busted by about pick number four or five mm. by the way it's going it seems yeah yeah I think you're right as well I th- well I think by pick one I, I think there are I, th- mm. I think you're you're either buying into the Traven Walker hype or you're or you're not and and recently the cave on Thibodeau hype started up again as well um which which I haven't heard since since like that December so that's that's interesting as well that the cave on Thibodeau's name is now being mentioned as the potential number one overall. I pick mean, as well. Thibodeau's final draft landing spot is going to be decided by rolling a d twenty. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> my my concern is that it, it would be closer to a d one hundred, but um, it's. Uh, I think I mean he's he's very talented. I, I was obviously just joking, but it's it's um, it's an interesting state of affairs. Uh, whilst we're on it, sorry, Jack, I've got to ask Washington Commanders. What do you think of the name? Um, I, I I think it's a, the best of a bad bunch almost. I think yeah. once Red Wolves was taken off the table, I think that was kind of seen as like a fan favourite. And then obviously the powers that be seemed to try and go in that direction. And then they found out the paperwork behind it would have just had them in millions of lawsuits for or added lawsuits, knowing mm. us a lot, but more and more lawsuits that they can't handle. So it seemed like Commanders was it was. I preferred it to the idea of like the admirals and all of that mm. that came out and anything to kind of do with DC as a place in terms of the presidents and all that sort of stuff. So I think it was the best of a bad bunch, but it does, it feels like kind of on pro evolution where the teams were kind of made up based off a little <laughs> bit around them. It feels like that kind of feel like the, it's almost like a Madden that doesn't have the rights and they've gone with that, but it's, it is Plain what it is. Plain logo doesn't help. No. Yeah, the, the the one the one positive is the I do like the look of the new uniforms, and they've just done they've released today the pitch markings, mm. and it does actually look quite decent. So it's kind of one of those of I think I'm kind of going with a glass half full for it, and obviously in every WhatsApp group I've been in for the last since February, I've just had every kind of joke made about it. So I'm kind of just <laughs> given up to the fact that now, and I think it's like the best of a bad bunch. But I mean, yeah, personally. I think, I like the football team. I was I was on board with the football team, but yeah. at the same time, I think Commanders is just going to take some getting used to. I think we'll get there. I think it's like yeah. I else. think the football. I did like the football team, and I did just like it, it. Yeah, it seemed like the person that didn't really know what they were cheering on when they when something good happens. Just like yeah, your football team. Yeah, but team Rob Lake. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah with the NFL hat. That yeah, seems yeah. like he he was destined for us. But yeah, yeah, it's. I think yeah, the football team would have been good, but. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take Commanders. Yeah, definitely. Right, let's talk about your draft pick anyway. So, you went with Drake London, wide receiver, USC. What made you go with him? Um, I think that looking at the moment in terms of what we need, there are a lot of needs. I think, for me, I was stuck between either a defensive back mm. or going for a wide receiver. And I think we, I, I had my eye on Carl Hamilton. He was kind of like my dream pick, and then he went a few before me so I ended up having kind of like the pick of the wide receivers and I thought London offers the 
biggest range for us in terms of what we need. Mm. We have Terry McLaurin, who is a number one wide receiver, and we need to pay him. I think that is no if, buts, maybe he's the face of the franchise, more so than Chase Young, mm. more so than any other player we have. And I think we need someone alongside him because it's getting to the point where he can only do... He's doing amazing things with double coverage. Like People know the ball's coming to him. Yeah. And I think London offers something different to him. Whilst I do love the Ohio State wide receivers, I think that they are very similar to McLaurin in their skill set. Yeah. Whilst London is the is kind of like that X factor kind of thing. I, I know uh, I always keep, when I'm talking to my friends about him, I say he could, if he reaches his ceiling, be the next Mike Evans. I know he's the, uh, in a previous episode, he was referred to as the little Mike Evans, but I still feel <laughs> like he could, he could definitely hit. Hopefully he can be kind of like an MNS uh, Mike Evans rather than the little ones, but I think he could get there. Um, and I think that for us, the big thing that I, when I was kind of going through our stats, our, our red zone, our red zone wide receivers are arguably the worst. I think only uh, the Browns and the Titans had less targets than ours, and we had 28 targets throughout the whole season in the red zone to our wide receivers. Mm. And I think that he had uh, 23 targets alone in 2021, so he almost outproduced our wide receivers group in the red zone. And I think that he offers that to us, and he's the threat in the red zone more so than the other wide receivers there who have much better route running, much better skills in certain areas. He's, I am worried about his separation. Mm. I'm not going to kind of kind of just go, oh, he's the perfect prospect. But I feel like we can kind of scheme around that with, um, with, our, with, our, with our coaches. I feel like we can kind of scheme around that a bit better mm. and kind of give him opportunities to just have the ball in his hands early and, mm. and try and see what he can do from there. I think, it's, I think for me, it's the classic case of if Washington do end up taking Drake London, um, uh, then then I think that what it does Duh. is it, it makes everyone around him better. So so yes. like Terry McLaurin's been doing a lot of heavy lifting on his own, pretty much. Curtis mm. Samuel did. We didn't really get a good snapshot of him. He missed most of last year. So so if you've got Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, and Drake London, and it sounds obvious, but but it, it's. You kind of look at receivers in a vacuum, and that's not the. I don't think that's how you should be looking at them. You should be looking at them going right. So who are they joining? So Drake London, London essentially becomes the guy that you can just chuck the ball up to when Chuck Carson went having a bad day. So I think that's very often. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think with Carson Wentz, that's a big point because he did get an awful lot of uh, production with tight ends when he was uh, having his best days with the Eagles. So that is a, uh, I mean, Drake London is basically uh, a, a tight end who's uh, not grown enough out of his basketball frame to pretend <laughs> that he can line up tight to the defensive end. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think I think the biggest, I, as I said, I was trying to kind of, in the best day scenario, comps to kind of like a Mike Evans. I think he, in terms of physically, he has a staggering amount of in, com- in common with um, Michael Pittman, who mm. last season, he, he on when it was, when Carson Wentz was on it, Pittman was putting up numbers that were unbelievable. And I'm not saying that London will be able to do that instantly, but I feel like that's, in terms of uh, measurables, that's a comp that really works. And I think Carson Wentz needs those big-bodied wide receivers, like you said, with the Titans in, mm. in Philadelphia. I think he does need those kind of big-bodied receivers 
and I think that kind of works for us in terms of what we need as well so it kind of feels as you say it's one of those of what makes the team better in that sense and if you're picking at number 11 you're hoping that you're not going to be picking that high up the board in future years you kind of feel like you've got a few wins under your belts you can kind of build upon it and I feel like if we're at that point I feel like getting someone that makes the whole team better is going to be a big thing for us yeah I totally agree I, I, I think that's I mean this this draft as much as any other draft um, I think that there are fewer than ever what I would call wrong answers. Not that I believe there are right or wrong answers in mock drafts anyway. But I think I think that th- this mock draft's the first one where I haven't just gone, taken a step back and go, whoa, what's going on there? Because I could see any player going to pretty much any team at any point. Because I think more so than any year, th- there is a lot of, well, this guy could be good. And if he's not, we've got a second round pick with someone that we could take that's probably going to be a bit a bit of a safer option. So I, I like I like I mean, the pick personally. I think he makes I think he makes the Washington Commanders uh, offense better, and I think that's that's important. So, um, so just quickly, 100%, Jack. 100%. Uh, just quickly, Jack. Uh, if uh, thank you for joining our mock draft, by the way, it means an awful lot to us. No, thank you for having me. As I say, I was my first one last year, and it was honestly one of the highlights of like the NFL year for me. I really enjoyed it, and it helps me with my research as well. So I've got my notebook now for tomorrow or for Thursday night and Friday morning. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully I don't make myself look too much of an idiot with the comps I've made and the the people I want to see go there. No such thing. There's absolutely. I'll stand by that. There's no such thing as is. I don't know, Chris Sims sometimes, but most of the time there's there's, there's no such thing. Um, but yeah, uh, you anything you need to, you want to advertise there, there, Jack? Um, no, I'm I'm on Twitter under yeah. uh, Jackcoy91. But if you if for anyone who wants to see me uh, talk about the Redskins or even Newcastle, it's my other kind of uh, the two teams I picked up. It's awful, but if anyone wants to have a look at it, there they can. But yeah, no, it's been a pleasure. So thanks for having me. No worries. Aston Villa and the Bears. So so don't worry about it too much. Oh God, um, yeah, we, yeah. We, between us, we've uh, we've done well. We've done well. It was nice to talk to a kindred spirit about uh, picking terrible terrible teams so uh thank you very much for that jack so we're on to the number 12 pick now this was a long time listener and friend of the podcast john mcdonald vikings fan massive massive vikings fan uh he for this one he picked Derek stingley jr and i cannot believe he fell this far uh this is one of my favorite picks of the draft there is another one we'll get to later which went to a team i'd rather they didn't go to but still uh with the 12th pick of the Gents Mock Draft, John McDonald picked uh, Derek Stingley Jr., LSU. This position that Vikings need to improve, and I think Stingley is a, uh, is perfect for them. Um, I, I'm inclined to agree with that as well, for starters. Uh, the last two years have been just been... Uh, the last two years haven't been his best, but he has an injuries and a lot of changes in D.C., three different D.C.s in three years, which is crazy. Coming out of high school, he's a five-star recruit. Hopefully the Vikings can help him fulfill his potential. I think there is a possibility with that as well. Just an excellent, excellent prospect that could, if you can unlock what the potential there is, then you've got a very, very talented cornerback. And I think that someone like the Vikings is actually a really good landing spot for him. Um, obviously a lot changed this year, but... Um, 
I think and just an absolute bargain at 12. I think he is the, the second best cornerback in in the draft, but not by much. Source Gardner is just a complete package, whereas, whereas Derek Stingley has a potential to just kind of rise above Source Gardner a little bit. Uh, I really, really like Derek Stingley. This is a great pick. If you want to follow John McDonald's, you can uh, follow him on our Discord. He's active on there. Uh, and also, uh, just on Twitter, it's at McDonald's with an A, McDonald, uh, 86. So get on that. Number 13, and sadly no uh, uh, voice clip this time because we uh, took his phone away because he was trying to escape the basement and we can't be having that. It's Forrest Timbo again, or Tim Brown, or at Forrest Timbo on Twitter. Uh, He has selected for the Houston Texans once again. They can't really go wrong. They have so many needs. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, Edge from Florida State. This draft is all about building blocks and Houston and preferably in in premium position. Um, They need a couple of good off-seasons to get competitive and hope this is the start. Johnson excelled, having transferred from Georgia, dominated the senior bowl before killing it at the Combine. They're fortunate there are two other standout edge rushers, or I doubt Johnson falls this far. Edge rusher this year, anyone saying that this year's draft is boring hasn't seen the edge rusher class, hasn't seen the cornerback class, and hasn't seen the offensive line class. There is a... And wide receivers, actually, for that matter, as well. Um, There is a ton of talent in this draft. It's just going to be interesting to see where it goes. Number 14, we have Cathal. Um, he, uh, last year, sent us one of our favourite responses on um, uh, on on, uh, on the, for the draft. Uh, and this year, he hasn't disappointed. This year, he's picking for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, and he selected George Kalaftis, uh, Edge from Purdue. Buckle up, guys. Uh, the Ravens' defense was terrible last year, but their offense without Lamar was able to keep them in games that the defense gave up scores after score and couldn't pressure the QB. They attempted to address this by bringing back proven pass rushers of Darius Smith in free agency, but that fell apart. O-line is a big need, but Lamar is a dual-threat QB who can scramble and escape pressure, so protection isn't as big a need for Baltimore as it is for other teams with less mobile QBs. There are also serviceable offensive linemen players available later in the draft. There are also serviceable offensive linemen players available later in the draft. Galaftis may not be the biggest or most athletic player, but his technique is solid, is a hard worker with solid production. Can be a day one starter, can use the superior strength to get pressure off the edge. He can stuff the run and has a great work ethic, never gives up, will get to the ball and chase down players. Let's bring the Greek freak to Baltimore. I absolutely agree with all of this. I love this player. I think there is a lot of talk about him dropping in the draft, which is crazy to me. Um, And I think it's just because we are, and I I need to emphasize this, spoil for edge play this year in this year's draft. Uh, we are absolutely the amount of edge, decent edge players in this year's draft is insane, and he is one of them. He is an incredible player. I think he deserves to be going roughly at number fourteen. I think that is a solid pick um, for a number fourteen spot. My concern is that I think he genuinely might drop. Um, I think we might see edge players drop, which is fine for me because it means that more talent is going to make it through to the second round eventually. Uh, and as a Bears fan, I'm absolutely fine with that. My concern, however is that, that there's going to be a lot of very good players that should have gone a lot earlier than they did. If you want to follow Cathal, it's at Cathal41 on uh, Twitter. It's also on our Discord as well. I'm saying that an awful lot. Number 15, then. First of two picks for the Philadelphia Eagles, and that is Mr. Andy Reynolds, at Andy Reynolds LDN on Twitter. 
He picks Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, Ohio State. I love this pick as well. The Eagles are not about to break their streak with the fifth-year option now being a deciding factor with wide receivers' price only going in one direction. With the 15th pick, the Eagles select Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. He may not have elite speed, but he fights for the ball and more often than not comes up with it. He will be a perfect com- complement to Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. Hertz has a year to finally prove the Eagles should be spending those two first-round picks in 2023 on the defensive side. I, I mean, I love this. Yeah, I think... I think he is, I just think the receivers are so close to each other in terms of, of how good they are that I, I don't think there is an obvious miss. I mean, I, I could be wrong. Feel free to say I'm wrong on this one. But I, I do think the receivers are all very, very good this year. And it just depends what you're looking for. Garrett Wilson, for me, is a great fit for the 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 uh the philadelphia eagles i said the next team there uh, so so I, I love this pick personally i think this is the right direction for the eagles to go surround hurts with talent see what you've got in hurts this year and then next year if it's right then you can you can uh, load up on defense and if it's not then you can look to using your leveraging your picks to move up uh from the uh, wherever you are in the first round to be in a position to go and pick up uh, one of the uh, potentially more talented quarterbacks in the draft this year. So, yeah, I really, really like this pick. So, uh, yeah, nice one. So, Andy Andy Reynolds, LDN on Twitter. Go follow him. He has been a long stay in our gents mock drafting. And thank you very much for taking part. So, that's very kind of you. Right. Next up, then. We have, for the New Orleans Saints, a double bill of Ohio State wide receivers as J- chris olave comes off the board to the saints it is james uh, uh at j lefty on twitter or he is also on our discord and once again active on there as well uh and he also is on the dome patrol uk podcast as well which is worth a listen if you're a saints fan and probably if you're not as well for that matter um so the 16th pick of the jordan jensen mock draft the saints select chris olave Ohio State's need for wide receiver at Saints is fairly obvious since we literally had no one wide receiver last year I mean straight to the point there really isn't it Uh, but I completely agree Uh, I love this pick love Chris Olave Uh, I loved it more when it was a possibility he might head to the second round and I thought he might be an excellent Chicago Bear but uh, as it is uh, he's going to go high in this round and I think that's totally right so nice one James well done Right, next up, number 17 pick, David Howell. Uh, he is be, is a regular contributor on Twitter. He's been on the podcast before um, and uh, can, took part in our mock draft last year. So, David selected for the Los Angeles Chargers, arguably the best linebacker in the draft, Devin Lloyd, linebacker, Utah. And here he is explaining that. Take a listen. David. Yeah. Hello. How's it going? Hi. <laughs> um, so you were picking for the Chargers, which is your team. Yes, so it's, it's nice to have a, a quarterback who who doesn't think my marriage shouldn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> always, a, always a plus. Always a plus. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, who did you pick and why? I went with Devin Lloyd, the linebacker out of Utah, and I felt that the way that the board sat and also the way that our team's been constructed in free agency, usually Tom Telesco does leave like one, maybe two positions Mm. to kind of attack with a first round pick kind of sets it up to create the the most obvious hole to fill. And that could be right tackle, Mm. but it could be linebacker because we didn't re-sign Kaiser White, who went to Philly. 
and I thought that the way that this board fell, the choice was between our top linebacker and Trevor Penning, and I just couldn't bring myself to take Trevor Penning, even though I think that might be possibly a bigger need. A, because I think there's a lot of uh, depth, even into the third round, because obviously we haven't got a two this year with the mm. Khalil Mack trade. But I really like, I think there's there's a lot of big guys. There's going to be somebody reasonable in the third round who is better than Storm Norton, presumably. You would hope so. Um, yeah, and then like to get the absolute best of the linebackers, Kenneth Murray looks like a bust, unfortunately. Never trade with the Patriots. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Kaiser White's gone to Zeals. And just Penning doesn't seem like quite the right fit because uh, level of competition concerns and he was doing his best work on the ground game. And uh, you may remember that uh, our head coach is not a particular fan of keeping it on the ground. No, no, definitely not. That's that's a really good point, actually. That's um, and yeah, yeah he, I think he had like because Penning's got like a ninety nine point nine PFF grade on run blocking, but it's like he is probably going to have about ninety nine run blocking snaps per season. Yeah, yeah, that's, so, that's a really good point. <laughs> so I thought, I thought to myself, what we definitely need is uh, somebody to stop the run. If we hadn't picked up uh, Sebastian Joseph Day in free agency, I would have been running the card in for Jordan Davis <laughs> and maybe, I'd still thought about it here because I think he is going to be an absolute two down game wrecker. What's hmm. his value on passing downs? Creating more of them. <laughs> so the, the one thing I'd say is then between Jordan, you'd go Jordan Davis over Devontae Wyatt. I think, I think just because he has the, for us, because hmm. our we are we were such an unfathomably run funnel defense last season, and I think that Jordan Davis is like, if it like yes, he's might he like his floor is one trick pony. Mm. What a, what a need for that trick we had. <laughs> this is this is however true. Yes, that's a, that's a really good point. And uh, but so, I mean I mean if somebody does say well like both should be going top right. I mean like there should be about thirty like there there should be about thirteen fourteen linemen going in the top twenty picks here, but. Mm. Uh, the, the, uh, but there's an awful lot of linemen that you can get even down into the third round. Uh, so I went with a man who's got 43 tackles for loss in three seasons against an uh, actual competition. At least I think the Pac-12 still counts as actual competition. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> and uh, and the fact that he also does uh, the pass coverage that you need in this day and age uh, means that he is the the model of a modern linebacker in many ways off ball. And I've seen some top 10 hype for him. I don't know if I can buy into that with the positional uh, devaluation to an extent, but I'd be very happy to take him at 17. I think he's he's more than worth that price when you consider mm. what he can do on all three downs and the, uh, the value that he's bought with uh, proven production and ju just makes, ev I think he any team he goes to, he will make better. I, th I think we, yeah. I think Devin Lloyd is. I mean, there's a lot. Of t I, I really like Nakobe Dean. Um, mm. I, I I think he. I like him as a player to watch, though. He, as I say, when he's standing still, it just looks like he's vibrating. Like he he never looks like he's fully standing still. Um, he's now, a fascinating prospect, yeah. and I definitely thought of him. And like, if if we can trade down, and obviously everyone's going to want to move down, and nobody's not enough people are going to going to move up. But like, That's if uh, 
but like like Dean is somebody that like somebody's getting a good one. I, I think he's going to fall into the second round on the night because of the size issue. Mm. But I I do think that he shouldn't be falling there because I personally believe in the radical uh, opinion that first round picks should be used on people who are very good at football. Yeah, definitely. Uh, David, you got anything to advertise before he uh, closes up? And I'm not into. I mean, my Twitter is at shinydh, yep. and uh, my I've got a link on uh, my Twitter profile to my uh, music website that I've I've written a couple of uh, well, I've written a few things, and there's a, a link through my my composer website to uh, a couple of scores that I have for sale. Most uh, mostly specifically for soprano voice, those two. But I'm more than happy for people to tweak them, move them downwards because I probably would prefer hearing them lower anyway <laughs> i like to give them a listen thank you david that's excellent uh, thank you both for joining uh, our mock draft uh, i am very excited to 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 get to the actual draft now and i'm sure you guys are as well which is yeah nice. and um, <laughs> i'm gonna go to little <laughs> <laughs> to pick up um to pick up uh, drake london yeah yeah, <laughs> I'm, uh, I do. I do love the Mike Evans company as well, yeah. and it's like I am slightly nervous about him, like not separate, especially with the Josh Stocks and Gone. That's yeah. something I've meant to say. Oh, but on the other yeah. hand, but on the other hand, I feel like, uh, like it, like speedsters. You don't know if their separation is going to translate. Whereas, uh, like turning fifty fifties into seventy thirties is always going to translate. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard Alshon yeah. Jeffrey as a comparison, which is not the worst thing in the world so no i mean like he's had a weird career but he like his peak was like somebody you took in the first couple of rounds of fantasy draft so you, yeah. you do not you do not argue definitely right guys thank you very much um and and thank you very much for taking part. you're welcome thank you right then so back up at um 18 we have the philadelphia eagles again which means it's at andy reynolds ldn on twitter again this time he's picked one of my favorite players in the draft uh, Trent McDuffie, cornerback, Washington. Um, I, it's a massive need for the Eagles. I love this. I love Trent McDuffie. I think he's a plug-in-and-play cornerback that is going to be getting a ton of hate for being a bit short. And as James discussed, he's about half an inch shorter than the players that are going um, way above him and being described as the perfect size. It is somewhat ridiculous. Uh, so, Andy Reynolds says, the Eagles are in class, classic want-versus-need territory. We want Jordan Davis as a freakishly athletic replacement for Fletcher Cox. He will turn into a phenom, but... Cornerback depth is appalling. With McDuffie still out there, with the 18th pick, the Eagles select Trent McDuffie, cornerback from Washington. McDuffie is an ultra-aggressive cornerback who's technically brilliant, even if undersized. His ability to track blitz and good tackling skills upgrade the Eagles and will be a day-one starter on the other side of Darius Slay. Uh, with Garrett Wilson and Trent McDuffie, Coach Sierra knocks back his 11th can of White Claw, knowing he has two premier players that can elevate the Eagles on both sides of the ball right away. A plus day one, even if their side is a tinge of, even if there is a, a tinge of regret about Jordan Davis. I love this pick, uh, a great pick as well. Just yeah, if they can come out with Garrett Wilson and Trent McDuffie, I think that explains the, just the amount of depth there is at these at this kind of mid area of the draft. Um, so I am a massive fan here. Uh, I completely agree. And this, I'm taking Trent McDuffie in that kind of range. Uh, and I am very, very happy about my pick if I can get that. So yeah, Trent McDuffie goes uh, in that kind of mid range. And I, I love it personally. So right then, next up, it's J James from the Dome Patrol podcast, Dome Patrol UK. Go check that out. Um, uh, at Jay Lefty on Twitter, and he is picking 
Ah, the player that I think is tempting everyone in this mid-range, apparently, um, and that is Jordan Davis, defensive interior for Georgia. Adding to an already nasty D-line, uh, OT was a consideration, but too early to take Penning, in my opinion, so we're taking Jordan Davis. I completely agree. I like Jordan Davis. Now, the question comes down to whether you prefer Jordan Davis or whether you prefer Dante, Devontae Wyatt. I personally fall on the side of Devontae Wyatt, but at the same time, Jordan Davis is a man mountain uh, and I am a huge, huge fan of his. So I'm uh, excited to see what he would do on a Saints D-line, adding to an already terrifying pass rush. I really, really like this pick. So next up at number 20 then, it is uh, our guest from this week's podcast who joined us on our position rankings pod. Uh, it is uh, Mike Farrell. It's at Mike underscore JF1. He is also a part of the UK Steelers podcast. Well worth a listen. He picks Kenny Pickett, quarterback from Pitt. And here is him explaining why he picked that particular player. So you just heard him on the podcast that was released yesterday. Mike Farrell, how are you doing from the UK Steelers podcast? Very well, very well. Here it is. I'm good. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, I'm going to, you know, we're talking directly after the podcast recorded. So, uh, it, you know, it's probably a bit sick of me now, if I'm honest with you. But um, we're going to talk about your mock draft pick. So we've done this, the uh, the Green and Gentleman mock draft. You're picking the Pittsburgh Steelers. You picked Kenny Pickett. What made you go Kenny Pickett? Yes. Um, I, I think I think for the Steelers, if, if, if we'd have been having this conversation prior to free agency, mm. we would have been a, there would have been a lot more on the table for us in terms of needs. I, I think for the Steelers, you're looking at cornerback, linebacker, defensive line, mm. O line, wide receiver, quarterback. I yeah. mean, that, that's a significant amount of needs for a team that, you know, we the story keeps being told about Mike Tomlin not having a losing season and, and the Steelers don't rebuild and all that sort of stuff. Well, there's a lot of gaps on this team, but in fairness, free agency was fairly positive. We, I think we've done a great job at the O-line, bringing in Miles Jack at linebacker, bringing in Levi, uh, Levi Wallace at cornerback for CB2. Um, very, very happy with those moves. So all of a sudden then you do have the question, well, look, Mitchell Trubisky is in, 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 the, in the building now. We've only got him and Mason Rudolph, obviously, with the you know the tragic news about mm. Dwayne Haskins, of course, uh, a couple of weeks ago. You know, the quarterback position is a need, and it's it's been mentioned before about the quarterback class for next year being being very very talented. Bryce Young at Alabama. Are the Steelers going to be in a position where they're picking top five? You presume no, because they have a solid enough base as it is, not to be great, but not to be awful. Yeah. Um, so I I, I think. Getting a guy like Pickett, who's who's almost had like a poor man's Joe Burrow final year at LSU in terms of you know fairly mm-hmm. static career up until a phenomenal final year, um, you know sixty seven percent completion rate, forty three hundred yards, forty two touchdowns to six or excuse me to seven picks. Um, the irony is not lost on me, by the way, of a quarterback with the surname Pickett. <laughs> um, uh, it, it, it does remind me of when we picked Artie Burns a couple of years ago as a cornerback. It's 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 not great, but the great uh, Chicago Bears cornerback as well. Yes. Started, I, I don't think he started. I think he might start two games, but yeah, <laughs> the yeah. legend. Yeah. Um, yes, with 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 the need of quarterback, I I think where where are we going to where are we going to be where the set, potentially the second quarterback comes at 20 mm-hmm. um i don't know if i feel confident in using a lot of draft capital to trade up because we don't have a lot of draft capital and there are a lot of needs that we've got across the board as i mentioned 
but a guy who's going to benefit to be in a system where they're going to ask the quarterback to move around a lot. He's excellent throwing the ball on the move. Mm. His accuracy is phenomenal when he does that. And I, I know this is only a superficial thing, but he's playing at Hindfield and he has experience doing that at Pitt. And whether that's really a thing is mm. debatable, but I'll take it as a positive for the sake of for the sake of the 20th <laughs> overall pick and say it's a good thing. So, no, I gave a lot of consideration about the pick, but um, and I'm sure I'll be lambasted by the rest of the crew on the Steelers podcast um, because they did the same 12 months ago. Um, but yeah, no, for, for, for me, for me, I was pleased that that pick it was on the board. So very happy to uh, to welcome him to Steelers Nation. There's there's a lot of talk now, well, today at least. Um, and it is silly season, so you take it with all the, all the pinch of salt. But that that the Steelers might be the team picking the first quarterback in this draft anyway. Um, and and I, I think absolutely correct. We didn't do trades in this draft anyway. But if the right player, if, if a player like Pickett drops to you at 20, then the Steelers, I think, are right to just go, you know, we'll take him. No losing seasons under Tomlin, so chances of their ever being in the, them ever being in the top five is slim to none. Mm. So... So as a result, I think it absolutely makes sense to to roll the dice on a, on a quarterback, and then if it doesn't work, and it doesn't work by a fair amount, then you may end up in a position where you could move up and pick up one of the quarterbacks anyway. So so why not try and see what you've got this year with Mitch and 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 pick it, and then and then if that doesn't work, then you're probably going to be in a position to be able to draft anyway next year. So I think that's I think that's a smart move. What, we've got James and Will here. What do you guys think actually while we're what do I think Um, I think yeah I think you you hit the nail on the head that if Pickett is available at 20 then you know you run the card up because the thing with Pickett is he's he's got a lot of kind of Mac Jones vibes about Mm. him in that he's probably got a very high floor as a quarterback Mm. so even if all you're getting is you know a Mac Jones. Mac Jones took his team to the playoffs and looked very competent in some very difficult circumstances. So it's worth at, at pick twenty. I think it's worth the risk that that a player like Pickett comes with because it was Jones taken at fifteen last year. Yeah. Mm. So it's the same sort of range. It makes sense. You need you you could totally correct that. You need a quarterback. Um. Yeah. It's 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 a a. It's um, what's the word I'm looking for? A calculated gamble is is what it sounds like. And it's if I was in a similar position, I'd make a similar. I'd make the same calculated gamble. I think. Yeah. Jerkin James. Well, I think it's the perfect opportunity to get a young quarterback in who can um, help Mitchell Trubisky develop into a starting caliber player. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think that's really horrible, actually, and yeah. I, I should be ashamed of myself, but I'm not. Um, Um, so yeah I think it it does make sense and I think with Matt Canada's offense which as you mentioned is designed to get the ball out quickly get people throwing on the move that's not a bad shout at all actually and I wouldn't hate it I think um, the last time that the Steelers passed on a quarterback in the first round from Pitt was I was some I was that kid with the curly hair what was his name Oh God! Um, went to Pitt, had the weird hair, um, the alleged drug problem. What was it? Dan Marino. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's been it's been a while since the Steelers have had the opportunity to pick a first round a first round 
um, quarterbacks from on their own doorstep. Mm. Um, so I hope it's a bit. Yeah, I'm not saying he's Dan Marino. He's not. He's really not Dan Marino. But um, I think he's interesting. I, I'd like to see him get his shot somewhere. Yeah, Steelers is a pretty decent place because you know that Mike Tomlin is the kind of guy that's not going to put too much pressure on him. Yeah, to do the right thing by him. I, th- I think with where you've got someone like Mitch in the building as well, it's not who you want as a starter, but he he can at least mean that it does at least mean that you don't have to start pick it day one. But just yeah. just week four, just week four, <laughs> <laughs> week four, week four. It, yeah. it, it won't even be that long. It probably <laughs> probably. I must I must look at our September schedule actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, week three, halfway through the first quarter. <laughs> over under. <laughs> this is actually hurting my soul talking about Mr. Bisky like this. So uh, it's, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for him. Come on, Mitch. <laughs> Mitch. Well, I forgot about, I forgot about Trubisky Hill. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm the guy that, yeah, until, until Jay Cutler came out as just being a total idiot. Well, which we already knew. I was the last guy going, no, he might do it. He might do it. So, uh, so I'm, I'm kind of the same with, with Mitchell Trubisky. So, uh, fingers crossed. Anyway, Mike, thank you for uh, helping us out in the mock draft anyway. And I look forward to hopefully you joining us on the podcast in the future as well. Appreciate thank it. Very much. Thanks, Mel. If you haven't already listened to our previous podcast, it is well worth a listen. We go through defensive interior, we go through running backs, tight ends, and offensive line with the great Will Clarenbold as well, and Mike Farrell from the UK Steelers podcast. Just amazing work. So thank you both uh, for that, and thank you for all your help. Next up then, as I look through my notes, so number 20, number 21, it is another regular on the Gridiron Gentleman podcast. It's Aldo. Uh, you've heard of, you'd have heard him on a number of pods, especially um, during like the the playoff run. He's he's been on a few of those. He was on a few other podcasts as well. Really, really good guy. Really good person on the podcast as well. And you will definitely be hearing him again in the future. If you want to follow him on Twitter, it's Aldo W eighty three. I think he was doing cartwheels at this point uh, as the Patriots, who for whom he was selecting, pick up Nakobe Dean linebacker. Uh, I put linebacker for the Patriots. I obviously meant Georgia here. Um, while I'm a proponent of best player available, this is one time where a couple of players I like to line up with our biggest need. Like if a, a lack of athleticism and speed at linebacker was apparent in some games last season. Dean is a firecracker. He play flies to the ball. It's a great tackle, good instincts, and cover well. His ceiling is enormous, and if he's well coached, and who better to do that than Bill Belichick? I'm delighted he's available here. I love Nakobe Dean. Now, there's been a couple of... Um, injury issues i believe that have come up regarding nicobe dean which might see him drop i hope that's not the case because i also love nicobe dean as well uh, and i would love to see him go to a team like the patriots uh, that my, my biggest my, my, my favorite well the, the, the description i have for him is that even when he's standing still he looks like he's moving he just constantly looks like he's vibrating i'm a huge fan of nicobe dean and i love this pick so nice one aldo and thank you for helping us out with the podcast thank you for all your help in general uh, and thanks for joining the mock draft. Next up, then, first of the Packers picks. It is uh, Josh. He is on our Discord uh, as Packers Josh, not to be confused with uh, hashtag Sorry Josh. Um, so it's Josh Hunter. Uh, it's he picks in our mock draft. Traylon Burks, wide receiver, Arkansas, and here he is explaining why he made that pick. Joining us now, we have Josh. Josh, how's it going, man? 
Right. Great, thanks. Yeah, what have you been up to? Uh, nothing much, just in a hotel room at the moment. Yeah. Um, so, you're a Packers fan? Yep. We'll, we'll go through your two picks then, because you picked twice with the Green Bay Packers, because obviously they've got two first-round picks. Uh, so, 22, um, you went with Traylon Burks, the wide receiver. When would you go with Traylon Burks? Yeah, um, well, he was the next best wide receiver available that I saw. Um, mm. So I think all of the other wide receivers, who else went? Jameson Williams, Chris Olave, they mm. were the two that I preferred to trail on Burks. Yeah, um, they went back to trail on Burks himself. It's, yeah, yeah, a little mm. bit annoying. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so trail on Burks, athletic kind of freak, mm. uh, can line up anywhere in the formation. So kind of hope that Matt Lafleur can kind of scheme up the best for him yeah what worries me a bit with him is that he's still a bit kind of raw yeah a bit to be developed perhaps which makes me worry a bit with Rogers um whether he'll get that trust with Rogers early on but my hope is that basically Lafleur can scheme it up so that he's kind of clearly open and sort of forces the chemistry to develop that way and I think it does kind of like, I think Rogers gets a bit of a bad rap sometimes with, with players that aren't his guys, but you could definitely see, um, there was definite improvement from Amari Rogers when, when he was on the field, at least like, um, from the, the, the start from when he was lining up in the wrong place and you could see Rogers physically moving him sometimes to the, to the right place. Um, to, to, to later on when he was, he, he obviously seemed a bit more confident and obviously knew the scheme a bit better. So I, I do think that as long as you can get on Aaron Rodgers' good side, and I think to do that, it involves not doing stupid things. So like, I think the problem with someone like Valdez Scantling and, 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 and obviously Lazard's still with the team, but occasionally there was just the drops that, yeah, because because Rogers relies so heavily on on some of these game winning balls on it, or he's he believes he does at least. Um, then I think um, I think when he sees them um, them being dropped, uh, that that probably means he lose that they lose a little bit of um, credibility with him. So I think as long as you you can, if it's just a case of being raw then I, I don't think that's going to be as big an issue. And I think Traylon Burks is just this absolute physical freak. Just, I, I can't get a read on, on, on where he actually is. I, I just can't get a read on him in general. I think he is he is a, a very odd player. But the right team could do something um, very special with him. Yeah, yeah. And he's, I've seen he's getting mocked quite a lot to the mm. Packers as well. It seems like a lot of people feel that he'll be a good fit there. So, yeah. Hopefully, if that's the way it plays out, then it will work out. The, the one thing I think the Packers don't need to do is move up. Like, I, I, don't, I wouldn't want them packaging their, their, their picks and then moving up to get a, a receiver they like more. I think they're in the position, the position they're in, they want to, to wait till until the right player drops to them and if it doesn't then then maybe look at a slightly different position although they do need to come out of the draft with the wide receiver that the, the first round with the wide receiver because otherwise i think um we'll, we'll be hearing about that throughout the entire summer so um but i, I quite like the train on burke's pick i think that it's one of those it could go either way but what we've seen of him is that he is 
incredibly impressive um and with the right team the right quarterback then i think that is a really really good pick so yeah i, I think it's solid josh there with the green bay packers pick at number 22 i personally love the pick trail on burks um i think is a really good fit for the green bay packers um i think with the run on receivers we had in this draft as well i think that it makes sense that that's a pretty good place for him to go uh, next up then was uh, Liam steventon uh he is he's been following the podcast for a while he is on twitter at liam steventon he was picking for the arizona cardinals uh, and he selected i love this pick as well andrew booth jr cornerback for clemson cardinals had a position in mind with this pick edge rusher cornerback or off interior lineman with the top edge rusher of the board booth jr available who is cornerback three for this gm then this pick was a no-brainer with booth jr we get a long rangy corner who is not afraid to tackle and is able to disrupt to the point of catch and excellent athleticism with the elite wide receivers in the nfc west we have top corners having top corners is a must and we think we've got a great one here i completely agree um i think in a lot of other cornerback classes he is going considerably higher than this but i mean he's the fourth best cornerback in this draft uh, and i don't think that's a slight on him i think he's very very good i think there's a couple of others still that are also very very good and they're still to come as well number 24 then for the gridiron gentleman is brian dickey picking for the dallas cowboys if you want to follow him he's at imb on twitter he also does a bit for 99 yards so he says in his his bio as well uh specifically that uh, go follow them and go and follow his work with them he is uh, he's does some excellent work picking for the dallas cowboys he picks the cowboys set he picks the center tyler linderbaum from iowa who is arguably one of the best offensive linemen in the draft but we've had this discussion with will already and well if you want to know more about that listen to our podcast that came up yesterday um board falls like this for the cowboys this the cowboys should be pretty happy they've got their pick of some of the talented players that will be fill the need from day one they could maybe even look at a trade back here but not for me i'll select lindebaum iowa center the immense center upgrades their offensive line and should be in place for years to come cowboys uh, had travis frederick for the longest time at center and it was just like a linchpin of the team um and and i i really really like this pick i think if you need a center uh, then it ties in with potentially best player available in Tyler Linderbaum. I'm a huge fan of his, and if you can surround him with with bigger players, as Will was describing, then um, or, or you've got a specific scheme in mind of how you want to use him, then I think uh, he's a solid pick there. So great work, Brian. Keep up the good work for 99 yards as well. Right at 25, I'm going to welcome in uh, a man that is currently at the draft. Uh, he uh, is part of the sports narrative. Uh, experience or podcast he's on youtube with that and he's uh, all the good podcatchers so go go pick that up uh, it is jeff bowers uh, and i'm gonna let him explain a little bit more about himself right now as our little discussion with him from the floor of a las vegas casino no less so here we go I'd like to introduce jeff bowers uh from the sports narrative podcast uh jeff uh, tell us about yourself uh, yes, so I've been covering the draft for over 12 years. Mm. Um, so been going, I've attended the last 11, except for, you know, the little COVID thing that happened in the middle of that. Oh, you were there and, then, that's uh, fine. That's, that's, yeah, you yeah. know, it's all good. But all I missed was Cleveland, so it's fine. That's probably not a big deal. <laughs> uh, yeah, live from Las Vegas, uh, mm. we, I work for a uh, sports radio station in Dallas, Texas. Mm. We have broadcast, the guy I work for has broadcast the draft every single pick since 1983. Uh, he was the, one of the first guys doing it in, and is still the only local radio station in America yeah. that broadcasts every pick 
wall to wall. And so I do all the draft research and keep up with all the stuff. And uh, man, it's it's a blast. I love it. And uh, just obviously Vegas has just taken it up to another level, man. It's great. I love it. So what's it, what's it been like so far in Vegas then? I, I mean, it's obviously incredibly glamorous where I'm seeing at the moment. Uh, just lots <laughs> of slot machines behind you. So, but yeah. That's right. Uh, it's, it's great. They've got a great setup. You know, when the draft, so the draft was always at Radio City Music Hall. And it was, well, I mean, from way back, it used to just be in a meeting hall. And in hmm. fact, it, it used to be, you know, it wasn't on TV. It wasn't a big deal. It was just literally a meeting of executives. Yeah. Well, then it, it started to get TV and then it started to get big. And, and then Radio City became a huge deal. Uh, in fact, if you watch the draft day movie, you can actually see me sans, sans the beard because it's about 10 years ago. But I managed to weasel my way into that movie. So where, uh, where and when I will, I okay. will look out for it. So and there's a scene where Frank Langella, the owner of the Browns, is yeah. walking down the center, center aisle at Radio City. I am sitting on my phone with no beard uh, at, the, at the Minnesota Vikings table. And I'm in a couple of scenes in the background and whatever. But you'll see me leaned way out looking at my phone. Um, <laughs> it was such a blast. We have so many great stories from the draft. Yeah. And, and just, you know, one year a guy lost his wedding ring and it got lost underneath Radio City. And this guy had to crawl through these tunnels to get it. <laughs> amazing stories. So then the re- draft went on the road, right? Hmm. And it and it started to move around. It left New York City. It went to uh, Chicago for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, then it went to Philadelphia, Nashville, Dallas. Uh, it's just kind of moved around. So now it seems the logical choice here in Las Vegas. Uh, it's got a great setup. The, the draft stage you'll see tomorrow is at the Bellagio in front of the big fountains hmm. where uh, where all the dancing waters are. They're going to have a drone thing where the, the logos of all the teams will be spelled out as the team is, is making their selection. That's amazing. Uh, and then there's a big stage. It's actually right next to the hotel here. I'm at the Flamingo Hotel. Hmm. It's right next to us here. It's the NFL experience. It's free to all fans. You get to go walk around, look at the Lombardi trophies, buy a bunch of merch because that's what the NFL is about these days. <laughs> and uh, they have concerts, so Weezer's playing. Uh, Ice Cube is playing after night two, yeah. and then Marshmallow is playing after night three. So, dude, it's such an amazing thing now, and and it's so much fun, and I love it, and I love that it's become from this little hobby that I had, you know, mm. fifteen years ago as a kid, you know, watching every second of the draft to now this giant production where you just see it and it's and it becomes real, and it's I mean, it's just a testament to what the NFL has become and and the marketing power they have. So. Yeah, it, it's definitely become more of an event every year, obviously. Like, even 100%. even even the COVID year was just outstanding how they, they managed to deal with that in the end. Oh, yeah. You know, Goodell sitting in his in his basement with yeah. his sweater on and, and his bottle, his, his glass of scotch, which he says wasn't, but it totally was. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it was, it was so fantastic. Like, yeah. I think they did a great job. I was personally in a hotel room broadcasting, like, emailing with people and broadcasting to every other, you know, every other person that I'm on the, on the show with, mm. uh, on KTCK, the ticket in Dallas, by the way, the, the largest streamed station mm. and number two is BBC one. Really? Yes. The ticket is actually ahead of BBC in, in streaming online. That's amazing. Congratulations. It's cr- Hey, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's great. It's great to be a part, you know, it's, yeah. it's fun. It's kind of its own little cottage industry and, and uh you know dallas texas man it's it's the home of football it's it's where it all happens so yeah so so i take it you obviously live in dallas then but yes yes sir yeah you're a jets fan though yeah so 
I can't bring myself to root for Jerry Jones. <laughs> <laughs> not even it's though just, he was the guy who drafted Micah Parsons and not Taco Charlton. <laughs> I mean, look, that was, uh, yeah, oh my gosh, that whole thing, my goodness. But, you know, I mean, look, Jerry is his own guy. You know, he's had this offseason with the scandals and the hmm. fun baby that he had 20 years ago. And But, I mean, Jerry is, is he's, he's everything you would want in an hmm. owner. And he's everything you would hate in a general manager. Yeah. Like, that's, that's the dichotomy. And, and the joke in Dallas radio is always, when is Jerry the owner going to fire Jerry the TM? Which <laughs> it's it's, it's kind of like the Emmett Smith versus Barry Sanders debate. Yeah. Like, it's just one of those things that just perpetuates over time. So it's, it's so much fun. And, um, but I, I just couldn't bring myself to root for Jerry and all that the 90s Cowboys became. And so there was this little guy named Wayne Krebet, yeah, who was a, a wide receiver for the Jets. Same size as me, little 5'9", 190 yeah. pounds. Gets out there and becomes one of the greatest wide receivers in Jets history. I signed on when he came out of Hofstra, and I've been a Jets fan since the mid-90s. through some good and a lot of bad. Yeah. And uh, now two picks in the top ten, maybe trading for Debo Samuel. So exciting. It's a great time to be a Jets fan. It's a great time to be an NFL fan, frankly. How, how do you feel about the Debo trade, actually, while we're, while we're on that? Absolutely. Um, mm. I think I think that would be amazing. I mean, yeah. you look you look at it. You have to look at it from a number of, of different ways. You know, when you look at draft picks, realize they're just assets, right? Like yeah. draft picks turn into players, which turns into assets for the team. And so being able to take an asset like like the 10th pick or whatever it is in a package. And if you said if Debo Samuel was in this draft, would he be the 10th pick? Absolutely. No, My yeah. goodness. He'd, he would be in the top five, if not number one overall, just from what he did and, and the weapon that he's become. So, you know, if I got to give up the 10th pick for that, absolutely. Uh, I think, you know, Joe Douglas has shown an ability to, I mean, obviously, they completely swindled the, the Seahawks, which will never trade with us again <laughs> after the, the, the Jamal Adams trade. But, you know, he's shown that ability to just make, you know, chicken salad out of chicken mess. So, yeah. right, right. So it's, it's really amazing, and, and, and I think they're going to be able to, you know, there's, there's talk that it's, if it's going to get done, it's going to get done today mm. or early tomorrow morning. It's got to happen before the draft because you got to work on an extension. There's the physicals. There's all the other stuff that goes into it. I think it happens probably today, maybe by tonight. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, and if it doesn't, hey, you've got the 10th pick. Maybe you look to trade down, uh, all this type of stuff. I think it's, it's fabulous. But watching the sports book, which, by the way, I'm at the sports book right now. There oh, it is. Oh, lovely watching the sports book and how they're moving yeah. and how the, the bets have been moving so much. And I just found out, in fact, I just talked to the guy behind there that the, uh, at, they are shutting bets down at 5 PM today because they don't want any, any of the NFL insiders coming in here and placing bets and them losing their butts. <laughs> so, so they're shutting it all down. And I'm like, Hey, you know, it's not, that's not too bad. It's, that's pretty smart. So, Hey, Vegas knows what they're doing. There's a reason that it's blitz and glamour behind me. Yeah, definitely. But they, historically, they've known what they're doing in terms of like overs and unders and everything. So, so every I, once in a while, you, every once in a while, you can get in on them, but not very often. I, I can tell you, it's easier in this country. Sometimes you just go, "What? They cleared it? Oh, quick! Yeah, I'll just quick put a bet on them." So yeah. Uh, so exactly. so in, in terms of betting, then um, Aiden Hutchinson obviously was the favourite for the longest time, and now we're looking for the longest at, time. Yeah, and now obviously we're looking at uh, Trayvon Walker. So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that's uh, Okay, sticking. so there's a guy – okay, so there's a draft guy, and this is a great guy for you guys to follow because he's one of the best. He works mm. for The Athletic. 
His name is Dane Brugler. I've known him all the way back when he was just an intern. I'm a huge fan. So <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I, he's he's a buddy of mine. I, I yeah. see him at the Senior Bowl every year. Uh, so Dane was on Trayvon Walker before anybody. Yeah, he had him in in his top five, and and nobody else had this right. And so then you just start to see the creep. And of course, he went to the combine and he blew up. Well, I managed to put down a few M and M's on the uh, tray on. <laughs> Trayvon Walker, number one overall, when it yeah. was about a, a plus 600. So, you know, I'm looking to make a little money on this uh, this this vacation. So, um, but you you watch those things move, right? And mm. you see, and this, this is the beautiful thing about the draft is the draft is the only time where all 32 teams compete on the same field at the same time. Yeah. And, and one pick can change everything. It morphs, it moves. You know, if, if Jacksonville up and surprises us all and takes Hutchinson one, well, now you're going to see the panic and Detroit's going to be like, oh, crap, what do we do? You know, and that's what makes it so beautiful is every single pick. You know, you've heard Jermaine Johnson might go forward to the Jets. You've heard you, who knows what Carolina's going to do. Are they going to go quarterback? Are they going to go offensive tackle? Are the tackles going to go early? Are the wide receivers going to go early? Mm. Um, and so all of these things make you can watch it and you can feel it in real time when you're in the room watching people pick. I remember one year I was standing there talking to the guy who does the, the picks. He's a vice president for the Tennessee Titans hmm. and buddy of mine, Frank Fitzgerald, and we're sitting around talking and I get, you know, I've got my phone here and I'm kind of just looking down and it was just chatting and I look and I go, Hey, did you know you just traded for this next pick? <laughs> and he goes, he goes, what? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, they, they just traded up. You're on the clock. And he goes, holy, <laughs> and he runs <laughs> off, right? And he had no idea. And so what I learned was the very first year I went to New York, this was 11 years mm. ago, I'm standing in this room and I'm looking at all the NFL people and I, you know, Roger Goodell is up there and there's ESPN and there's NFL Network and all this stuff. And I said, what am I doing here? I have no business being here. Holy crap. Like, this is just a hobby for me. And, and you know. And then I start talking to people mm. and you start looking around and you realize nobody knows what they're doing. Like <laughs> this is this is a total crapshoot. Like there's about five teams that have a really good this is a quote from Peter King. Mm. There's five teams that know what they're doing. Yeah. They have a system, they're in place, and you know those teams, right? Pittsburgh, Patriots, the teams that have the system, that have an identity. Yeah. And then you have then you have five teams that have zero idea what the hell they're doing, like Jacksonville, Cleveland, like they're just out there just winging it, right? Yeah. And then everyone, everyone else is somewhere in the middle. And, and it's just a, it's a beautiful thing to just watch and feel that energy of like something happens and everyone reacts just completely honestly. It's, it, it's like watching a game when, you know, when Tyree Hill catches a pass with 13 seconds left mm. and scores a touchdown. The draft is the same exact feel, only it's people in business suits, not guys in uniforms going – holy crap, and jumping on the phone and, like, freaking out and all of this stuff. It's so much fun. I love it. Yeah, for me, for me, that moment was Justin Fields. I'm a, I'm a massive Bears fan. So when they drafted oh, Justin nice. Fields last year was was the, the kind of I, – I, jumping out of my chair and uh, this, uh, over here it would be 3 o'clock in the morning, I think. So so I was yes. desperately trying to uh, – trying not to, not to, to scream, but, yeah. <laughs> oh, but, and you know what? And that's the kind of move, like, you see these teams mm. that get aggressive, that – that make the move that say, we need this bold move, let's go, right? I think this year you're going to see teams like Kansas City yeah. make that jump. 
uh, you know, with picks 29 and 30. I think Green Bay has a chance to make that giant move up. The Cowboys are talking about making a move up, and Jerry's never been afraid to, to gamble and, and be the wildcatter that he is. Mm. Uh, so you've got those types of teams that are going to do that. And then on the other end, you've got the teams that sit back, they're patient, They've just let this board fall to them. Yeah. The, the the Steelers sit right there at 20 and say, oh, Malik Willis fell to us. Oh, look at that. Like, we're just going to take the best quarterback in the draft without yeah. even thinking about it. You know, the Patriots, oh, the best linebacker in the draft, Devin Lloyd's there. Oh, yeah, sure, we'll take that guy. Like, it's amazing to watch how these teams react, what the, the identity that they take on based on these general managers and, and what happens. And, again, you look at a guy like Trent Baalke with the one first pick, which hmm. is where we started this conversation. With Trayvon Walker, a guy who bets on traits, a guy that half the league thinks is a complete moron. And and you say you've got this pick in Aiden Hutchinson, whose dad was an NFL player, who's safe, who is absolutely has the highest floors, a guy that's gonna be he's gonna be Chris Long, if yeah. you guys remember Chris Long. I remember a guy Chris who comes Long? in the Yeah, a guy who comes in the league and is just gonna be rock solid for ten or twelve years. You know, and, and maybe punches ticket to the Hall of Fame if he gets a few trophies and gets a little bit of luck. And you're going to pass on that for a guy that ran really fast in the combine. And you're like, hell yeah, let's do it. Like, why not? Let's go. Yeah. It's lovely. Well, if Trayvon Walker goes that high, then I, I predict Jordan Davis probably won't be that far behind him then if, if that's okay. what they're Okay. Basically. One of the bets that I would love to be posted here, but it is not. Hmm. I think Jordan Davis could go as high as the ninth pick to Seattle. Yeah, I've heard a lot, a lot of buzz around that, and I, and I think I, actually it's funny. I, I went to an event, a media event, where uh, all the draftees that are here today were teaching kids flag football, and they're hmm. out there, they're out there playing around it. And Jordan Davis is right in front of me, this big giant of a dude, and he's got this blocking dummy for the kids to like come in to hit. And I was like, dude, they could just hit you <laughs> and just bounce off. I mean, so but he moves so agile, he's yeah. so quick. It's I mean, to see that out of a 360-pound lineman, and he's having fun, and, and they're out there, and, and Kayvon Thibodeau was there, and, and he was doing great. Like, I mean, he was really getting into the drills. Like, he's really showing the kids, like, okay, you take these choppy steps. And, yeah. and it's, it's great to see that, like, as real people. You know, the sauce gardener's out there, and he's got his big sauce medallion on and the whole <laughs> thing. Like, you love it. Like, it, it's so much fun to see because it's so easy for these, you know, for us, you and I, the Madden generation, yeah. right? Who who grew up playing Madden, and these these guys become pixelated, you know, entities on a on a game. To see that they're real people, and yeah. that the real people part of it is what matters, like the passion for football, the off the field stuff, the background that they came through. So much of that matters, and and really dictates whether these guys are successful or not. Way more than how fast they ran in shorts yeah. in Indianapolis. Yeah, totally agree. Totally, agree. we get that when they do media days over here as well. You see the Absolutely. players that are really into it with, with kids are, are literally just learning the sport probably on the day, and, oh, and yeah. they're still like they're really into it, running along with the, the, the sidelines with them and stuff. And it's it is it's really fun to see. Okay, I gotta ask. Yeah, do you guys want to? Do you guys want a team? Do you guys want like a home team? I mean, not probably not Jacksonville, but do you want like a team that? Although, if Jacksonville changed their logo to, like, the Jaguar, like, car. That's what I was thinking. Yes, yeah. that's 100%. British that Racing Green as well. Yeah. Uh, yes, 100%. Yeah. I, it's got to do it. Um, but, you know, I mean, maybe not Jacksonville. But, I mean, you got Trevor now, so we'll see. Yeah. But I think um, that would be, you know, do you guys want the team? Do you think there would be the support for a team like that? Yes, I, I do. I think, I think um, I've been 
to not every uh, London game, but I've been to most of them and I've been to the first two and then I've been to some of the more recent ones. And the difference between the games when they first came over here and the games now, which the first couple of games were people getting bored what doing Mexican yeah, ways. And, and by the end, everyone's <laughs> into it. Um, yes. And and the, you see that the support for the Jags is growing as well because they're the team that's regularly really? over here. So. Right. It's it's mixed. It's mixed opinion as to whether anyone who who wants a team or whether people actually would rather just say. So if we get four games over here, that's brilliant. We'll we'll go to four games. Um, uh, and then obviously the logistics of actually getting a team here is 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 something of a nightmare as well. But you know, okay. So I had this wild scenario that hmm. I had painted, and this is this is what I thought. Okay, so walk with me. There's okay. 32 teams. Yeah. What I want to do was add two more teams to the league. Yeah. One in London yeah. and one in let's let's say Germany. Yeah. Okay, and those two teams are not in a conference, or not in a division. Hmm. So you still have North, South, East, West, and then you have these two teams. Okay. Okay. So the seventeen ga- seventeen game schedule, they play. So if you're the if you're the London team, you play every team in the NFC. Yeah. And the German team. Yeah. And if you're the German team, you play everything in the AFC and the London team. Right. There's your seventeen games. Yeah. And what they do is they're not in a in a in a, uh, a division, yeah. but if one of the division winners it doesn't win, uh, it basically goes eight and nine, or doesn't yeah. have a winning record, or that team has a better record, they jump into that spot. I love or it. of course they could they could compete for the wild card, right? Yeah. And so that and that way the the travel stays less because like you would play three games at home if you're the London team, and then three games on the road in a division. So like you're pretty much close, yeah. right? So like you would go play the let's say the nfc east and you're doing you know philly washington new york fly back home right so that type of thing um i I do i thought that would be just absolutely perfect and then you've got that that rival the the continental rival and all of this stuff uh yeah i thought that would be brilliant and and then you guys kind of have your own identity your own team you know you bring back the the london monarchs if you wanted (laughs) which would be amazing uh the old world league stuff i I think that would be great that would be great but um but yeah, you know, it, that way, like I said, you're controlling the travel, you're, you're expanding, it makes the 17th game make more sense. Yeah. It, you know, it makes too much sense for the league to do, which is why they won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Keep an eye on that German game, by the way, because the, the, the German fans are, this is something they've oh, been looking to forward to for ages. Yeah, Dude, they, ki- they killed it in the World League. I mean, yeah. the Frankfurt team and, and, and was, was one of the most popular teams. I thought it yeah. really had a chance to go. So yeah, I think that would be, I think that would be brilliant. Uh, I, I would absolutely love that. But you know, short of that, if you get, you know, Jacksonville moves out of town or because I know Shad Khan has actually talked about putting the team up for sale. Yeah. And, and I mean, obviously, you guys have a few billionaires over there, hopefully not the Russian kind. But, you know, <laughs> we're fine with that. <laughs> um, so going to get on to a couple of things. Obviously, you picked an on-mock draft. You picked for the Buffalo Bills. Yes, you sir. You picked Daxton Hill. Yes. You picked Daxton Hill. Okay, so... Uh, you know, I look at what the Bills have, and obviously they're at that next level, ready to kind of take the next step forward, mm. uh, you know. And, and what failed them last year really was the defense. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, jo- Josh Allen, Allen was brilliant. He's ready to be an MVP. He's ready to carry that team. I think they're going to draft a running back later down uh, and really solidify the run game because it was really the lacking thing for them last year. They couldn't just run the ball, and obviously it caught them late in, in the games when they would lose those games late that just, you know, they got caught up to. Mm. So. I think, you know, both the safeties are free agents. They need a cornerback. They've got some guys, but, you know, Tredavious White's coming off the injury. 
Daxton Hill is a perfect fit with yeah. that new hybrid cornerback safety role where you confuse the defense with a guy like that. He, he comes up and he can play nickel corner and shut down your slot receiver. He can drop back and be steep. You can move that cover three defense, and, and it just is it's brilliant where – he, he's he's kind of like a false nine, right? Yeah. Like you don't know where he's gonna be, and and he can move up, he can move back, and, and it's and it's brilliant. And and I think that would be the perfect role for a guy like him. Uh, first safety off the board. Uh, I really like this safety class. Like yeah. Lewis Sin, Lewis Sin out of Georgia is is great. Brisker out of Penn State. Uh, Jalen Petrie out of Baylor is yeah. another guy in that Daxton Hill mode, and a guy that I know the Jets like a lot as well. Um, but I think Jackson Hill there in that first round would be a perfect choice for them. Yeah, I think I think the two guaranteed safeties going off in the first round, and there's a lot of talk about Lewis Seen now as well, isn't there? But I think obviously uh, Carl Hamilton and um, Daxton Hill are the, the oh, two favorites. So, of course, and and you know Hamilton's a, it's weird because I know people that love him and have hmm. him as the number one prospect, and and you know a guy with that size and that speed and that ability to make plays. And if you just watch a highlight package on Kyle Hamilton, dude, you'd yeah. be like, yes, absolutely. It's the best guy in the field. Yeah. But there's also plays where he doesn't make it. There's also – it's 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 like the draft day movie, right, where you're like, what happened after this, right? And, and you know, and they're breaking down what can he not do. And and you start – you know, and, of course, teams obsess about this too much, and it, mm. and it becomes a numbers game. And, you know, we start measuring hand size and arm length and – you know, leg to ankle ratio yeah. or whatever the hell happens. Right. But it's, there are, there is that point where you say, does this guy make plays for me? Yeah. And can he be a difference maker? Because at the end of the day, you want 11 guys who make a difference. It doesn't matter what position they play or how tall they are or any of it. So I like Kyle Hamilton. I don't like him in the top 10, No. but I think a team like Washington who did the same thing with Landon Collins last year, where they took a safety, made him a linebacker, and let him just roam and let him just go. Hmm. Um, kind of similar to what Troy Polamalu used to do for the Steelers, you know, yeah. uh, that that type of role. I think he would be ideal for that. I think I think Kyle Hamilton's floor is probably Houston at 13, but somewhere between 11 and 13, the Vikings could take him. I think that's right in that range where he's going to go. Yeah, I agree. Uh, on, on Daxton Hill, though, I totally agree. He is a coverage monster. That's what I wrote in my write-up, actually, in the sense yes. that you can, you can just line him up and then with the way the NFL disguises coverage nowadays, but when the quarterback's turned round, he's in a completely different place than where you really yes. expect him to be. So, uh, 100%. Yeah, moving from zone to man a lot as well and lining up in the slot. He, he's so good in the slot. I think Daxton Hill's going to be really, really good. So quickly Absolutely. then, uh, yes. on, on the Jets, who do you want the Jets to pick? Sorry, no, I don't want to oh. take up too much of your time. Sorry. No, 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 you're great. Um, so... I'm here. Okay, so the Jets need to walk away with three things in this draft. They need to yeah. walk away with a big-time pass rusher, a wide receiver one, mm. and an offensive tackle. And a lot of people don't know that the offensive tackle is so important. But, you know, Mekhi Becton, he just really hasn't lived up to the hype. Mm. He's, he's battled injury. He looked terrible in training camp last year. So the, the plan for the Jets is they want Becton and George Fant to compete at left tackle. And they want a guy to be at their right tackle. And the loser of that contest becomes the swing tackle. You're set for years, uh, you know, all of this type of stuff. So I, I, I love that idea. So hmm. a guy like Icky Aquanu at four, oh. I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be mad at that at all. The guy is absolutely a beast. Uh, I mean, you watch the tape, and it's, it's, it's like porn for offensive yeah. line coaches. Like, 
it's just amazing. So you could do something like that, or you could go, like I said, I hear Jermaine Johnson's a possibility there at four, um, pass rusher from Florida State. He's great against the run. He can absolutely bend the edge. He does everything you want him to do. He's honestly a lot like Carl Lawson, who they'll hmm. have coming back on the other side. And those bookends would be fantastic in that solid defense. I like that. At 10, I think what they're going to try to do is trade down. Yeah. I think they're going to try to leverage a little bit of somebody like Kyle Hamilton or maybe one of the quarterbacks, trade down a few picks, and then with the other picks, the later, they have two picks in the early second round, picks 35 and 38, and then also pick 69 in the third. They're going to package those, come up a little bit, and land that wide receiver or possibly land a pass rusher, a kid, a kid like Boye Mafe out I of love Minnesota. Boye Mafe. Oh my gosh, he was he was the MVP of the Senior Bowl. Mm. He was absolutely a monster in this defense. Now people talk about, oh, he's a little undersized, blah blah blah. I just want a guy to get to the quarterback when the play ends and he's getting up off the quarterback. That's the guy I want. Yeah. So if if the Jets walked away with Iki Aquanu at four, give me Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Jamison Williams, whichever one you want at ten. And then trade up, land Boye Mafia in the late first. Man, that is a home run for the New York Jets. I, I think they could, they could, I think they could walk away with quite a haul in this draft. I think, I think they, absolutely, they're they're in a prime position. They've got, well, they've got the quarterback. We'll see, but it, it, it's, well, well, fingers yeah. crossed. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm in that boat as well. So um, yep. it's it's now just a case of surrounding him with talent and then improving the defense. And this is the and year you know, they start to build. And that's the thing with with the Bears, too. You, you're the same situation. Justin yeah. Fields, you know, he really didn't have a chance last year. No real weapons, mm. uh, you know, and obviously you don't really have the the assets that you want. But I, I think a guy like, you know, with, when you start to add those pieces, you can, there's wide receivers, just so much depth in this draft. If you guys landed like a George Pickens in the second yeah. round or, or, or Mechie out of Alabama, you know, one of those guys to step in and be that, that receiver and replace Allen Robinson – yeah. And then, you know, the, the line looks pretty good. The running game's pretty good. And then, you know, the defense comes around. Man, I, there's no reason the Bears, especially in a division where Devontae Adams is gone, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is just laying on a pile of money like he's Scrooge McDuck, <laughs> and, and everyone else isn't that great. So, absolutely, go out there and win it, man. That's, the, that's how you do things. Like, yeah. the, Rams, the Rams set the model yeah. of screw the future, let's win right now. Right. And, and you're going to see teams react. Anybody that wins the Super Bowl, you know, we saw it when the Patriots had two tight ends and everybody went for the two tight end sets. Right. And then and, and so everybody follows the mold. And so now the mold is trade it all. Let's go get it. And, and I think you're going to see I think I think Thursday night is going to be fantastic. for that. I, I agree. I'm really excited. Just just quickly then as well. Dallas, who, who, who are they going to walk away with? So everybody has them taking Kenyon Green, the guard out of Texas A&M. Mm. Watch out for Devin Lloyd. If Devin Lloyd slides, the, the linebacker out of Utah, you plug Devin Lloyd, a rock-solid linebacker, in the middle of that defense. Yeah. You take Micah Parsons, you put him on the outside as an edge rusher now, and you can move him around and make it happen. I think that's a real possibility. The other one is Traylon Burks, the wide receiver yeah. from Arkansas. Obviously, Jerry's an Arkansas guy. He loves that guy. You know, a, a guy who's six foot two, 255, who can run like that, or 225, can run like that, is a catch and run type of guy. I mean, I don't know if Kellen Moore is smart enough to make it work, but I love it. And I, and I think that would be a great pick for the Cowboys. One of those two guys, I think, would be your pick there at 24. Jeff, you've been amazing. Um, so if people want to get hold of you, where can they get hold of you? 
Uh, find me uh, on Twitter at Sports Narrative. Give me a follow. Yeah. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube.com slash The Sports Narrative. we got a boxing podcast. We're doing draft stuff. We're going to have all that stuff. And hopefully next year, the draft's in Kansas City. I'm hoping to be broadcasting the whole thing wall-to-wall myself. So it's going to be a blast. Amazing. Um, if We'd love to have you back on again at some point, Jeff. That's okay. Hey, Daniel, anytime, man. Yeah. Pop me on anytime. That'd be great. Excellent. Thank you very much. And enjoy the draft. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Have a good one. Bye. Well, that was an insane amount of fun. Thank you very much, Jeff. Go follow Sports Narrative. Go follow all his work. And then go check out Draft Day to see if you can find him in the film, which I will be doing as soon as I finish recording this. Thank you, Jeff. And we will definitely, definitely be getting him back on the podcast, as, you know, as long as he's up for it. So he obviously went with Daxton Hill. Safety to the Buffalo Bills. I love that pick as well. Big Daxton Hill fan. So makes total sense to me. Next up then, with the 26th pick, in the Gents Mock Draft. It's a good friend of mine, Al Darling. He picked Jahan Dotson. It was a flip between Dotson and O-line support. In the end, Dotson won out. Dotson's climbing up draft boards at the moment, I think. And I think this is an excellent pick. Uh, he has some serious talent. He might be small, but I don't really care about that. He is He's going to be a great pick. And I think tying, uh, teaming him up with what they've got in AJ Brown, as long as AJ Brown is still on the team, is an excellent move. So yeah, I love, love, love this pick. So nice one, Al. Next up then, we have it's Mr. Will Clarenbold. You'd have heard him on the Offensive Line podcast that just came out, talking about how much he loves Zion Johnson. Um, and it is no surprise then that for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, his team, he picks Zion Johnson guard from Boston. Uh, and here he is talking about it. Enjoy. Right. Joining us, having picked the number 27 pick for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and having just been on a podcast that we've just recorded because I can't keep a secret. Uh, Will Claringbold. Will, how's it going? Uh, very well, thank you. All the better Excellent. for uh, playing mock draft with you, fine gentlemen. Uh, it's always fun, isn't it? I say it's always fun. It nearly killed me today, but it's 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 um it's always fun when Simon has to sort it out for you. Oh god, it's so much more fun when Simon has to sort it out. There's no denying that. Um I'm worried that everyone I speak to, I've said this about like, I spoke to Bass earlier and I was just like, Oh my god, it's so much better when Simon does it. Um anyway, clear need for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I think you probably filled it. What do you reckon? Uh took the words right out of my mouth there, Dan. It's the really the only starting need we've got on the roster. We have some depth needs at other positions, uh, assuming that the 9 million of space that was cleared by restructuring Tom Brady's uh, is to go to his best mate, Rob Gronkowski. Then yeah. the only, the only real uh, starting uh, hole we've got is at offensive guard. And at that position of the draft, none had been taken yet. So I had my pick. So I took my favorite, which was a uh, Zion Johnson. Nice. So, I mean, you you literally just been talking about Zion Johnson on mm. um, the podcast yesterday. So, what do you like about Zion Johnson? I suppose the thing I really like about him is his ability to um, sift through uh, defensive linemen. So, when defensive linemen run stunts and twists and other confusing mm. stuff, it's he, he's never confused by it. He always can sift through it. Um, the term I used a lot in the podcast uh, yesterday was find work. Hmm. And by that, I mean, he he's never confused. He knows exactly who he needs to block. And then he'll go go and find them and block them. Um, he's a, a great pass protecting guard, which in Tom Brady's offense is exactly what you need. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it seemed like a no brainer to me to, uh, to pick a high, high floor 
uh, guard that we can slot straight in and start from day one and really shore up that offensive line, which was decimated in the offseason with uh, trades and, not trades, cut players and uh, retirements. Hmm. Well, James just ran away in, in fear of the of the pick, apparently. So, uh, well, As he should. Um, it's a colossal pick. It has the rest of the NFC South trembling. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Thank you very much, Will, again. That was incredible. Like, uh, we, we've uh, been very lucky to the people we've had in the mock draft this year. Uh, and that was no exception there, Will. So thank you. Back up at number 28, it's Josh, the Packers fan. He uh, picked uh, Devontae Wyatt, defensive interior for Georgia. And here he is explaining that pick. Okay, so with the your second pick for the Green Bay Packers, you went with, in my opinion, the steal of this mock draft because I cannot believe he dropped this low. That's Devontae Wyatt. Devontae Wyatt, in my in my opinion, is the best defensive interior player in this draft. Um, and I can definitely see him going probably closer to 10 than 28, which is absolutely ridiculous. So I totally understand why you picked him up. Um, and obviously feels a need for the Packers as well, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was what I was looking at originally with him, to be honest, because mm. looking at the Packers, they've got a very strong kind of starting roster. Yeah. So you're looking around to see where the possible rooms for improvement are. Yeah, and that's that's what... The defensive th- this draft is, is crammed full of depth of um, role players. So, like, it might... Mm maybe the one to ten there isn't the talent that we're used to but everything below that is is probably someone that's going to go in and do a very good job for your team i mean that's why i think we're looking at at least 50 percent of the top 10 trying to trade out the top 10 because there are so many talented players that are going to go into the, the second round um that i think it's it's quite up in the air I, I think the sweet spot in this draft might be like 15 to like 25. So so I think the fact that Devontae Wyatt dropped to Green Bay and I think is going to be an exceptional defensive interior player. Um, I think, yeah, I think you've got an absolute steal. I I, 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 I thoroughly recommend... I, I'm thoroughly chuffed with uh, with him well I'm not chuffed with him going to the Green Bay Packers but <laughs> but at the same time I, I think this is I think this is the right pick like if he if he drops that far I will be astounded so yeah yeah I think that's the right move um I mean yeah go on yeah I mean there have been um some reports of character concerns with him mm. so oh. that's why you could see him drop in reality in the actual draft but if that's wait and see the teams are going to have more information i think i think the other thing is we're going to find out how important combine stats are within minutes of the draft opening because if if trayvon walker does go number one to the jags then what we're going to realize is that there's a load of teams out there that take the combine very seriously and we could end up seeing uh, Jordan Davis go a lot higher than um, Devontae Wyatt. Um, so, so it's possible that if if the combine, which was one of the the, the freakier displays of talent this year, um, if 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 that's an indicator of where players are going to go, then Devontae Wyatt. I mean, that being said, Devontae Wyatt ran a shade under what Jordan Davis did. He's just forty pounds lighter. But, but it's it's um, 
I think Devontae White is a more finished product in terms of its defensive interior and a very different player from Jordan Davis anyway. Yeah. I, I, I would if, if if I was in your shoes at 28 and he was still there I would have picked him as well so yeah uh, so uh, Josh if people want to get hold of you where, where can they where can they find you uh, primarily on the discord nice um, you'll see me as Packers Josh 124 yeah. to distinguish me from the other Josh <laughs> um, and that's pretty much it I do have a Twitter account I yeah. think it's Josh 124 but yeah. Thank you very much, and thank you very much for taking part in the draft as well. Thank you. No worries. I, I I'd say I wish your team luck, but I mean, I mean, I can't. Just can't I can't in good conscience do that. <laughs> so bitter. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. I've 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 had my uh, my heart broken too many times. <laughs> little help from phil there thank you as always phil and thank you for the pick there josh i am not not that down on the green bay packers obviously although they have regularly broken my heart great pick though uh, i say possibly the steal of this draft right two picks back to back next and they go to touchdown tips you can check him out at touchdown tips on twitter he does a ton for the full 10 yards podcast and about 400 other podcasts as well so go check him out go check his workout uh this is adam we're talking about he is bengals fan but he's picking for the chiefs here and the two picks he's gone for are we're gonna go back to back straight away a sky Moore, wide receiver western michigan with the first of their double picks and after seeing most of the wide receivers go in the order expected the chiefs are looking to strengthen the depleted wide receiving core and it's not going to be easy for them to go into the season with Cole Hardman as wide receiver one and while Moore isn't a prototypical wide receiver one in any sense there won't be many better landing spots for him than under Andy Reid with the best quarterback in the league he blew up the combine and his quick separation would allow the Chiefs to get some easy production from his skill set and forced the most missed tackles in college apparently second pick then for the Chiefs touchdown tips again with 30th overall pick is Kyler Gordon cornerback what the other cornerback from Washington I think there's a good chance Chiefs trade out here and I agree of one of these two picks with the teams keen to get into the back end of the first to get their quarterback and have the fifth year option project I'm thinking Desmond Ritter I also agree with that as well uh, but if they stay put they could go double wide receiver with George Pickens on the board but they still need to bolster their secondary with the honey badger leaving it between cornerback and safety but I'm going to snipe the Bengals uh, uh, and take the corner a good inside or out versus man or in zone relatively safe pick in a stacked offensive conference love this pick um and uh yeah i think i think this is this is a really really good pick for the uh the chiefs as well the chiefs get considerably better in this draft if this is how it ends up um uh, which it seems to be that they're moving away from here's tyreek hill doing everything and wanting to move to more here is three four wide receivers that can do a number of different things and i think this is the right move Super happy with this if this ends up for this way for the Chiefs, uh, who then can carry on competing in an insane AFC West. Not that they weren't already competing. Anyway, next up, it's, uh, a regular on the Gridiron Gentleman podcast, uh, is Danny Galloway. Uh, we've seen him, we've, you'd have heard him in the lead up to the uh, Super Bowl. You can follow him on Twitter at Danny Galloway16. Uh, with the 31st pick, he picks Kair Elam for the cornerback for florida i think once again another really really good pick so go check it out he has um yeah made a solid pick here as well i i, I like this one they need a cornerback 
uh, they kind of bolstered their offensive line. Uh, potential for Trevor Penning here, but I think they're quite happy with what they've got going into this season on the offensive line compared to what they had. So why not pick up a cornerback? Uh, they used a ton of them last year, um, and this bolsters that. Right, the last pick of this draft is Bass for Bake picking Matt Coral uh, from Ole Miss. And here he is talking about it. Um, so you're back again, this time closing yeah. out the draft. Yes. Number 32 pick in the draft this time. Yeah. Uh, with the 32nd pick, I went for Matt Corral, QB from Mississippi. Do, do you think in, in, I mean, we didn't do trades in this draft. Do you think realistically the giant, the, the giants, the lions will be looking at potentially trading out because a team might, another team might come in to try and pick up that player? Yeah. yeah if, so well. if they could. Yeah, uh, we, I don't think they're actively looking for a quarterback this year, but thirty-two is such a tempting place to to draft. Yeah, a quarterback. That, that, that's that was what uh, was for me as well. Yeah, and there was enough talent left, but we also still have the thirty-fourth pick, so mm. we can pick any player we want there, pretty much. And that fifth-year option on the QB at, uh, exactly, at thirty-two yeah. is just too tempting to not take it at this point so yeah if matt corral explodes then you've got the fifth year option which is, is exactly important so. with qb until you have it just keep throwing stuff at it yeah pretty much so. yeah yeah i like i like the pick personally i think it's i mean i think it's fairly obvious that jared goff isn't the answer for detroit yeah. but he's good enough right now so why not keep for, drafting for what players I, for what they're doing at the moment they're not going on the playoff yeah so. yeah 100 yeah so I think right now, I think you just keep going, trying to find potential replacements. And if you hit on something, that's perfect. Yeah. Um, I could definitely see Matt Corral going at 32, but I, I, I personally think I personally think it would be another team that trades back up, uh, like a, a Pittsburgh maybe if they decide not to go quarterback. Although the, room, yeah. the strong rumor now is that the first quarterback off the board will be number 22 Pittsburgh. So... With uh, it, it would surprise me if the Panthers didn't pick them, but then again, the Panthers could trade up to 32 then in the end. Well, that and the fact they could end up with Baker Mayfield as well. Like, my, my, my firm belief on Baker Mayfield is that teams are waiting till the price is right for Baker Mayfield and yeah. believing fully that there's no way he's going to be Cleveland Brown. So, they're I'd imagine they're waiting until they can get him for like a fifth or sixth round pick, which is yeah. which is um, an absolute bargain. Baker yeah. Mayfield's not that bad. Um, no, he he's perfectly serviceable as a starter, I think, yeah. and he's better. At least he's most likely better at the moment than anything in this draft. So, yeah, I, I think we'll see a very late um, uh, trade war potentially for him yeah. between the Seahawks and the, the Panthers. So, yeah. so I so I I would be surprised if the Panthers then trade like a third, fourth round pick for Baker Mayfield. Uh, and then use their number six pick on on a tackle. I also think that there, there's like so many teams in the top 10 looking to trade out. And the Panthers might be just high enough to do it. Although the Giants at number five might be interested as well. So so I think I think yeah. with the, the, the Giants, Panthers, Falcons are all probably looking at trading out. Uh, yeah, but that, that, yeah. that's just that's just says what everything about this draft. Everybody in the top 10 would not worry about trading out. Yeah. There's enough talent in the entire rest of the first round, more than enough. And there's just not that high end that you're used to in the last few years. Well, I think everyone's trading out. 
But I think that it says something that the Saints traded in where they traded back into the draft to say, yeah. we can still get a starting left tackle and a starting wide receiver here. So I think I think there is still going to be talent coming out of day one. As oh, Ethan, there's so, definitely yeah. talent, but it's just, it's widespread and I don't, generational talent-wise, I just think there's not much there. I agree. I agree. I think, I think this is a perfect draft to have loads of picks in like second, third round. Um, yeah, for for role players that you can guarantee are going to be good, but maybe aren't going to be aren't going to move the needle too much. And and, and, and exactly that's exactly what the Lions at the moment need. So yeah, yeah. So if they can if they can trade away that thirty second pick for a second and a third and a second next year or something, they would instantly take it. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. This is one of the craziest drafts i can remember like in terms of like people are saying it's boring you're not paying attention this this is one of the, the weirdest drafts i can remember yeah, it's actually not boring at all because you no. have no idea what's going to happen i have, I have no, we don't even know who's going to go number one and usually by this point yeah. we know who's going to go number one so yeah i think it is quite exciting so yeah bass if people want to get hold of you where can they where can they find you on the discord of course and yeah. otherwise on twitter at Ferglin. so amazing you'll be hearing bass very shortly on the Gridiron Gentleman podcast, I'm sure. Um, oh, uh, we'll get through the draft and then we'll we'll start getting like the, uh, the 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 same old group that you got used to hearing. And I'd imagine the reprobates will be releasing something at some point. Um, Almost likely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, we'll, 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 we'll get on it with Will. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, Bass, thank you very much. Thank you very much for everything you do on Discord, and thank you very much for taking part in the mock draft. So. Yeah. Thank you for organising it again. So <laughs> organising might be a yeah. too strong a word for that. <laughs> And there we have it. Bass rounds out this mock draft. Thank you for once again, Bass. Excellent work again for everything you do on Discord, for setting up the uh, the channels on Discord that were a great help. Thank you everyone who took part in this mock draft as well. Just a quick question then. We uh, did put out a couple of questions. John McDonald, who you'd have heard in the mock draft earlier, do people prefer that the draft now move cities or prefer it when it was in New York every year? Um, I think there is an ultimate opportunity if you get the opportunity to, to put it into different cities. I like the one in Chicago, for example, uh, and I obviously like the one in Chicago. And um, in, in, in every different place, it's, it's been different and it's been fun. And I personally like that it moves around. Uh, it is an event. And the, the idea of it being in Vegas right now uh, blows my mind. I think this is excellent. So I, uh, so I, I personally like the movie. But if you have an opinion on this, you can hit us up on Twitter, which is just at Gridiron Gents. You can email us, hellochaps at gridirongentlemen.com. Uh, or you can come join the Discord. It's the pinned tweet on our Twitter. There will be a ton of stuff going up on Twitter and on Discord. And hopefully another podcast or two going up in the next few days as well. Uh, we are ready for draft. We are raring to go. I'm going to finish this now. And then I'm going to get a little bit of sleep. And then we're going to get cracking on all our live draft content. Uh, well, which is basically me tweeting. Um but there will hopefully be a podcast going up tomorrow morning as well. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for everyone that took part in the mock draft. Thank you for everyone that listens, follows, whatever. We love this stuff and we couldn't do it without you. Thank you so much. Goodbye.